This is episode 20, titled Hanging Out. This is Robert Monty, and with me I have Michael Shaggy Parker. I hate smashing. Mike DiPaolo. Vacuum cleaner noise. <laughs> and Rich Sowers. Hey guys, how's it going? Uh, Rich is uh, joining us this episode as uh, we're going to uh, cover what we did this last weekend for three, of, three out of four of us, and... Uh, We'll probably cover some things we're getting ready as uh, we're about three weeks out from going to Heli Nationals and the Earth Jamboree. By that time this is released, about roughly a week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, I'm uh, first up, is like we always do, what did we do since last episode? And unlike other times, I think I will ask... Uh, I'm going to ask Apollo to go first and then uh, probably Rich, Shaggy, and then myself. What the hell is that? <laughs> I mean, you I told use you that time to. There really was a Bigfoot in those woods. <laughs> <laughs> oh. You were, oh my gosh, my in those 30 minutes. You're breaking up so badly, DePaulo. Yeah, some freaking teleporter called me, and I. They got him. Uh, I'm going to read his show notes for him. Maybe he said something that's recordable and he can provide to us. I don't think so. It wasn't good last two times. Uh, DePaulo has down here, he's been house hunting. Uh, yep. yep. Because uh, I guess he's been living in his trailer for over a year now. No, not quite. Uh, he's got down Uglo Beta. I hear there's at least two units in existence now. <laughs> Why don't you just walk in the room with freaking Shaggy, Apollo? It'd be faster. Dude, I'm about to. <laughs> oh my god! Is he walking across yet? I don't know. Oh my god! Let me go look. Let me go look. Hang on. <laughs> Did you think he'll notice a rifle scope point? <laughs> You hear Shaggy step out the door and a poof. Well. <laughs> nope. <laughs> now I know why it takes four hours to edit these suckers. Yeah. Okay. We're going to move on to uh, Rich. What did you do since uh, the last time you've never recorded with us? <laughs> well, you know, last week we did the Mid-Atlantic, so we visited you guys down there. Had a good time. Yeah. Uh, you know, you put on a good show. Thanks, sir. <laughs> Uh, that was the biggest thing. Yep. Um, otherwise, the usual. <laughs> go to work, go to bed, go to work, go to bed. Yeah, pick up grandson from school, no. go to work, that stuff. You guys, he's on summer break now, isn't he? Yeah, he is, but I, we take him to daycare every morning. Nah. Up, it's a, 
Okay. It's a kind of a kind of a school. Yeah, uh I came home yesterday uh Sunday from the competition and my uh, second daughter, my 17-year-old daughter is like, "Dad, you weren't here. Uh I got my license, but I don't have it yet cuz you weren't there to sign for it." I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> I wake up this morning and my, my, my wife's like, uh, she's probably going to take her car today. I'm like, okay. I told her to tell you. I'm like, okay. And then I just hear a door close. I'm like, I guess my car's gone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Austin 6. I don't have to worry about that yet. Yeah. No, this is my second daughter driving. Um, oh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah my first daughter, when she learned to drive, it was a nightmare. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I, I could tell you some stories, but I don't want to give you even more nightmares. Uh, I had a really good nightmare last night, but uh, this isn't that, so we're not going to go into that. <laughs> well, now we're getting into dreams. Uh, it was a dream. Um, cool. Shaggy. It'll help turn my microphone on. No help. Right now, I'm looking at some uh, old pictures of uh, Campbell's Field from back in the day. Found them in here. Yeah. How about what you do since the last time we recorded? There's Jeff. Uh, he's dead now. Okay. What'd you do since the last time we recorded, Shaggy? Okay. Okay. Let's put these back. <clears throat> I crashed. <laughs> <laughs> I crashed the fireball again. I swear. I'm. I'm just. I gotta stop flying it. It's four crashes in like two months. Uh, this one, again, my dumbass fault. I was at a uh, uh, Windwalkers, which is another field about 10 miles from uh, Fredericksburg RC, RC Club. And uh, just doing some flights there, hanging out with some really old friends that uh, when I first started flying, there was a group of guys there. Uh, Dad and I went out there, started flying some planes, and I flew the fireball there. Did a good flight, coming in for a landing. And at, you know, here, I, I sometimes I'll, I'll just... I'll come in at, you know, forward, I'll hit throttle hold and just kind of slide, do a slide, kind of small little slide in auto with the fireball. Well, didn't take to a consideration that the grass was tall. And the fact that I came in at Mach 1, uh, helicopter just, soon as the skids hit the ground, it said, nope. And just you gripped didn't need the, those landing gear. The, the, the skids are fine, but everything else isn't fine. Canopy just got shot out, the uh, blades tipped over, end of her end, and then it broke the boom, it broke my push rod, and broke my blades. It's like, damn it. Uh, the same damn shit that I broke the last time. Uh, though the tail push rod, I just took some fiberglass cloth, or a fiber, a, a string, of a, a fiberglass string from fiberglass cloth, and I just wrapped it around there and glued it back together. Done. Fixed. Uh, but the boom was gone and the blades were gone, so make another order again to A-Main. And uh, been flying planes with my dad a lot. That's that's been a lot of fun. I know that's not what we're talking about, but that is a lot of fun flying with my dad again. Uh, he's the one that got me into the hobby, so it's good to get him back in the air. Uh, and then, of course, basically yesterday, uh, left from the uh, Goldsboro Airfield from the Mid Atlanta Helicopter Championships that Rob was hosting. And uh, yeah. I will say, Rob, I missed HOD because of you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. But we didn't get rained out. I don't think they got rained out, but we didn't get any rain. Yeah. Yeah. And I am sad that I missed that event because that's the first time I missed it since 2015, but I had a blast. Yeah. And nothing smashed. 
So nothing. Oh, mine smashed. You already smashed the oxy, so that was that. That didn't count. It was a good prop this weekend for showing people maneuvers, uh, flappy blade and all. Yep, <laughs> flappy blade and all. Um, no, I, I uh, so I go out there and uh, there was gonna. I, I was doing the advanced class and there was uh, someone else I was competing with, but unfortunately, due to uh, some unfortunate situations, he wasn't able to make it. So Rob and I were the only ones in our in our classes. Uh, so I don't know if we lost or we won or or somewhere in the middle. Uh, or we <laughs> got disqualified from our own, uh, classes, but, uh, we, we still, we still performed that. But then kind of last second, I decided to do F3N and never done that. And I had, I had my logo with me. So no, let's not hey, get too not? far into it. And we'll get into that as part of our main topic. Oh, that's right. Okay. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to town right now. Uh, <laughs> don't stop me. Uh, and then leads on to the day, uh, after work, went to the field and practiced again for, uh, for, cause I gotta get, pra- I gotta start practicing for Nats and took the E7, uh, two flights on E7 and practiced my whole sequence. Nice. And somehow, and we'll get to, we'll get to it later, but I'm trying, I'm starting to do a Sours roll. <laughs> uh, I, I guess based off of watching him, I starting to, I guess I got motivated to do that now. I've always wanted a maneuver named after me. Well, you got one. (laughs) And I'm starting to do it. Uh, Overall, though, my last round uh, of the two rounds was not perfect, of course, but was the best I've had so far. The model felt very stable and very crisp. I did put 115s on the tail, which I think that really makes a big difference, Rob. I never really noticed it, but now today I've noticed the difference between the 105s and the 115s. Which model? Uh. E7. Oh, yeah. It, it's just that, no, I still have that very small tail drift that I, um, it's probably, a, you know, something in there, but it's way less. Yeah. It's very doable. The The place where I would expect you to notice the difference between 105s and 115s is your loop with roll. Uh, once you oh, com- I noticed that. Once you complete the roll, you'll probably come out at a better angle without with less correction. Oh, that, um, I guess if I don't put elevator, then it might look better. (laughs) (laughs) Shit. Well, at least it's really high because that roll is at the top of the loop. Yes. Yes. Um, that's something I got to practice on is my rolls. I'm starting to slack off on that, but everything else is looking good. The pushover I'm, I'm very comfortable with, uh, and even my, uh, the 180 auto was, I was like, the nose was on the blade grip at center. I was like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. And, uh, that's pretty much it. Yeah, Fireball course flies again. I've, after I freaking smashed it. But, um, because <laughs> you can literally throw that thing into a shoebox and shake it up and be back together in no time. A little bit of Loctite 47. Hey, what is that thing? Six, that thing's like six parts, right? Five and a half. <laughs> The half is the blades, correct? Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's just a 600 millimeter blade just cut in half. Nice. Or a 580 millimeter blade cut in half. Cool. Well, you got anything else? or? No, that, that's pretty much it. I'm actually short this time. Uh, what I did since last episode. Uh, I've flown a little bit, but the biggest things, I got my heli, my E5 that I sold... As we were recording the last episode, I got that packaged and sent off. 
And uh, then I ordered my new model, and I'm still awaiting its delivery from Germany as of this recording. And if Germany sounds weird, uh, it is. Um, I have, uh, since the last episode, uh, what would be the right word? Uh, I resigned from my position as a, uh, what is it again? Synergy? No, uh, <laughs> as a, as a representative. He's already, of, he's already repre- forgotten what he flew for. No, not who I flew for, the position. Yeah, great representative. Yeah, it was, uh, I resigned from my position as a, uh, representative of, uh, Team Synergy. So, um, I still have my other sponsors, uh, resigned from Synergy. Um, you know, I still actually on, fly the on Synergy. Good terms. Yeah, I resigned on from good Synergy. Terms. Um, I still fly my Synergy. I still really enjoy the brand. Um, my current model is over four years old. So, um, I want to fly some other stuff. Um, also probably going to get a little bit deeper into F3C. So I'll probably start looking at some fuselage models in the coming year or so. Um, else than that, uh, yeah, I broke the, I broke the Oxy. I've yet to repair it. Um, it acted as a great prop this last weekend, as I said a bit ago. Um, I got to repair that and I got to do some maintenance of my E5, uh, as I had a shake the weekend, this weekend. So time for maintenance. Um, what else is there? Nothing. I got nothing. <laughs> uh, DePaulo, are you anywhere near a mic? You can actually talk for once. Nope. It reminds me this. What are we talking about? <laughs> we cover all your house hunting, Uglo beta, jet vacuum cleaner noises, yeah, 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 five five six flying. <laughs> he makes noise and then he disappears. Uh, okay. So, in our usual vein of doing RC heli news, uh. With things that are longer, I think the one thing I have down here is that the Urcha app is now available. Uh, it's available in the iTunes store. And I have it in the iTunes store. Uh, you don't see it yet in Android. Uh, last I saw, um, Boggy Copter. Wait, 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 wait. Are you, is somebody in an app? DePaulo, you might as well mute yourself and just type whatever you got question-wise. Uh, the Urcha app is available on iTunes, or, yeah, iTunes for, you know, iOS devices. Um, last post I saw, they're testing for Android for Google. So I'm expecting it'll be done before Urcha as they, it looks like they're going to have voting within the Urcha app. So, um, but also I noticed when I open up the app, it is, uh, location specific. So it looks like it's going to be looking for us to be at the, uh, international air modeling center in order to allow votes. You can't sit at home and vote. Um, it doesn't look like it'll let you sit at home and vote, but who knows that Urcha has up their sleeves. Maybe they have a videoing thing that the, you know, people can watch and give their vote that way. I don't know. Um, anyone else got anything for Heli News? Something you've seen, something you saw, something you care, anything else? There's stuff with for the Oxy, uh, Oxy 5. There's a stretch kit that's coming, uh, becoming available for to stretch it to 625. And there is 
the teaser picture of a Novo Rossi 57 nitro engine and basically a question from Oxy, which means they're right be dabbling into a nitro nitro 50 aka possibly a oxy 5 stretches 625 nitro maybe maybe maybe, maybe. They're, 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 they're teasing so i mean who knows it's a possibility yeah which would be cool the then they actually start going nitro it's funny how you get the old companies that were all nitro then they go to electric and now these newer companies they will start electric and eventually they'll dabble with nitro so, for all those people that say Nitro's dead, screw you. <laughs> yeah, Nitro's totally dead with, with electric companies now dabbling with Nitro. So, that'd be cool. That would actually be really cool. Sadly, like, it still hasn't made the price of Nitro any better. It hasn't, which I'm glad I still have a full case of Nitro fuel uh, that I got when it went cheap. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, let's get to the main topic. Um, so what'd you all guys do for getting ready for heading down to Mid-Atlantic? Loaded my trailer? <laughs> Dude, you did have a pretty sweet setup going in there. Yeah, we've been working on it. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I kind of wish I had something that I could pull that with. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Chad started it off, and then I bought oh, from Chad. Oh, yeah. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now. How, 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 how does the gas mileage differ when you're pulling it versus not? Um, about a third. About a third more gas every trip so far with it. It's you know, I'm pulling it with a Yeah, you get the so. Jeep Liberty pulling it, correct? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's, it's about a third more gas. You should be getting better gas mileage missing the uh, front transaxle, though. <laughs> the front drive shaft. Front drive shaft. <laughs> the drive shaft. The transaxle's there. <laughs> well, we'll talk to them and get that removed next time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, I got to remember not to tell you stories. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you really want, we could edit it out. <laughs> I don't care. Uh, I think we'd have to tell a little bit more about what actually happened. Like the drive shaft got stolen out of the front of the Jeep. Yeah. Probably in my yard, maybe. I'm, I'm betting a mechanic took it. I am too. I just don't know how long it was missing when I thought I had four-wheel drive. Yeah. Yeah. Pulled into RHCO a couple of years ago when we had all that mud, and I know it was there then, but I haven't used it since. Yeah. I guess we're going to have to joyride it more often and check that four-wheel drive. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't do it now. <laughs> oh, that's silly. Yeah, no, I, when you're working inside your trailer, do you find your bed becomes a bit of a heli storage spot uh, being its 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 size? What is the size of that trailer? It's a, it's 14 by 7. Okay. And it's I think it's about six and a half tall. Yeah. I can stand in it, but anybody that's over six feet tall is hitting their head. Uh, you don't want those people to um, trailer anyways. Well, I got a couple of friends that are taller than me. Yeah. Like every one of them. <laughs> but, um, yeah, the, the the bed does become a storage place. Yeah. Um, and I'll throw stuff over there. Um, but I'll tell you, I didn't do it this weekend, but typically if I'm there for three or four days, I'll flip the, 
the cot up on its side, and it stays out of the way pretty well. Uh. But then I end up picking all the crap off the floor and throwing it on the bed when I tilt it back down. So, <laughs> you know, it's like picking up stuff at home. Yeah. Just I just need more space. But there's a lot of bench in there, so there's there's quite a bit of space for putting stuff and quite a bit of storage under the bench right now. I haven't got all the the ups, you know, the benches for not benches but cabinets. Um, when I bought it from Chad, I decided to spend some time living in it a little while before I made any real changes because he had done a pretty good job getting it ready to go. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. It's just yeah, because you can sit there and, and dream about oh, I do this, I do that, but then it comes down to actually using it. And be like, I think I want this. Yeah, it's little things like laying in bed and realizing you a place to plug your cell phone in oh. next to the bed. Oh, yeah, there's a good one. You know what I mean? Or where can I put a flashlight? Do I need a flashlight? Do I want a light switch over here so my butt doesn't have to get out of bed to put on turn on a light? You know, things like that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, when you're super lazy, cell phone, lights. Yeah. Uh, RGB LEDs that change colors. For the disco effect that's coming. That, yeah, that or or just, just for like you have white lights and then you have the RGBs just to add add a mood, you know. Oh yeah. Cool them down a little bit. Yeah, that's what I that's what I did in my uh when I was drive when I w- was using the actual like trailer, you know, like like what you have, a six by ten. I did the same thing. Mm-hmm. I, I put uh uh I'm not sure if your if yours has it, but it you know, like uh mine where it rounds out, it's silver. And so, like, on mm-hmm. one top piece where it shines towards the, the, that silver bends, that silver uh, aluminum, uh, I put RGB. And on the bottom that shines up, I put white lights or vice versa, either way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, it will have – white lights will just illuminate and, and create a nice glow without really blinding you because you're not looking at the lights. It's just a glow. And then the RGB kind of feeds in there. So, it makes, the, makes that whole silver bar uh, that color as it changes while you're still – while it's still – Right, warms yep, it up and a little then bit. while it's still well lit because of the white lights. Right, well, he's got there's right now there's four light bars in there. They're all um, LED, but they're they're they've each got two tubes in them. I turn all four lights on in there, and it's like turning yep. the sun on. Yeah. Um, every bug in three counties comes looking for oh, the trail. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm gonna cool some of that stuff off for the same. Just what you're talking about, especially when you're. You know, you're just in there working or talking, and you don't need all the light. Um, cool it down. You know, you just... Hmm? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know as a kid, I used to... Well, I still really do putting up uh, Christmas light displays, but I remember I, I hung a spare set of Christmas lights in my room, and I pulled out all the colors except for red, and I let it go on like a slow pulse. So I had red in my bedroom that's just slowly pulsed. And um, I can see things. It's kind of like a you know an antenna on a, 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 a light bulb on an antenna. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I could sit there and play Xbox or on the computer and just let the lights be. And it wasn't that bad. Oh. Yeah, yeah. That's what's coming next is a big screen TV on one wall, some cabinets um, for tools and stuff. That's what's missing right now is uh, storage for tools and. Extra parts, things like that. The TV going to be for a sim, or are you going to put in? A, are you going to see if you can get the antenna to work, and you can pick up some uh, local television? We're going to do it both because I take my six-year-old grandson with me. Oh, uh, yeah, and he needs entertainment. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it'll it'll be a real TV, and then we'll I'll have a sim on it. Cool. Um, be able to pull it away from the wall. Yeah. And, uh, so when you live in it for a little while, you kind of see where you've got room for things and where you don't. 
Because all the hell he's hanging on the wall. I'm not a big airplane guy, so I don't really need that storage. And uh, it's really about going to Fun Flies in is what it's really about. Yeah. You know? Being able to stay there and stay there all night and sleep and sleep comfortably. Um, you know. Yeah. Hammocks work for some guys. But, uh, <laughs> <soul> farts. <laughs> Underneath a circus tent. Yeah. I kind of want a nice cot to sleep in, temperature controlled, you know. I could go for the temperature control. I did I have a I have a cot, but it's more uh, military style. Um I I actually used it for a few fun flies and I took it to the jamboree the first year. Um it was nice in the tent cuz I could just put my stuff in the tent and not have to pack everything back up in the car. Yeah. Yeah, cuz when I'm when I'm hammock camping, uh there's nowhere to store anything without it being in sight, so everything ends up back in the car. Right, right. Um, That's what's nice about having the trailer. Everything can just go back in there. If it starts raining or something, yeah. everything just goes lands on the bed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know for me getting ready, it was interesting because uh, I was kind of running the event. Um, so I had to bring lots of extra stuff that I don't usually bring to fun flies. And I actually have it all in a corner near me. Um, I've got the umbrellas for the judges' chairs. So I've got three umbrellas. Um, I've got all the tape measures that uh, are, are metric, if metric and and uh, standard units on them. Um, yeah, I got uh, uh, ten stakes that are used for when I'm measuring out the um, F3C course that the AMA classes use. Um, white paint, white marker paint. <laughs> I got all this stuff with me, and I take it down there, and you, along with extra chairs, you bring all that. So that was extra above and beyond my normal stuff I bring. Um, and then it's the van, huh? Yeah, that was it. Was the van? Um, you know, because I also brought a uh, Casey um, uh, Casey Levy Barrow his Sony his Sony battery powered uh, speaker. Um, it's a cabinet style. It's got two handles. Carried around. Lasts like sixteen hours. Um, that was what we used for the F3 and music rounds. So the guys needed music. Speaker works good. Uh, sadly, during the competition, uh, cell phone service was crap for a lot of the guys. So um, some of the guys crap. had uh, music breakup. What was that? I said, yeah, it's it's crap out there. Yeah, it worked well, but uh, my battery chewed through some, uh, or my, my phone chewed through some battery getting the service um, steadily. Yeah. Yeah, I've tried to work from that field before, and it doesn't signals not good for digital, you know, for yeah. digital at all. Yeah, for data. I know a couple of years ago when I flew F three N in my own competition, I think I downloaded the song on iTunes just to skip away from the ads and and possible data uh, <laughs> data issues. Uh, yeah, what is it with flying fields having poor cell phone service? Because they're always in the middle of no damn where. <laughs> you know, I, uh, uh, one one place I fly at that uh, with my with my buddy Cliff um, in Fluvanna, AT and T has horrible service there, and it's like all the guys at Verizon was like, "Well, if you get a quality provider," and I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, whatever." It's kind of the best of both worlds. Like, I got crap cell phone service. No one bothers me there. <laughs> it is great. <laughs> then I got I got crap cell phone service. I can't talk to anybody. <laughs> Yeah, that's the way it is down at Goldsboro. As long as if you got Verizon, you're screwed. Yeah, you know? yeah. No, I had service the whole time. I was showing people videos, other things, and they're just like, uh, I can't see nothing. <laughs> yep, not me. Um, yeah, I get cell phone service in the important places I need work. Yeah, yeah. 
Unless they intend you to work while you're at a fun fly, and then it's a problem. Uh, yeah, I made that mistake on Friday, and then I uh, promptly told them I'm on vacation. They said, oh, yeah. And it's like, we'll talk Monday. That doesn't stop my guys. <laughs> uh, my guys know I'll stop paying attention to them. Um, I'll just leave them on their own, but uh, they're all grown adults. They'll figure out what to do. <laughs> um, yeah, also another friend of mine uh, joined, a uh, local member of the field, uh, Hittle. He joined me. Um, oh. <laughs> Mike's done. News. News flash, Mike. Mike's, Mike's mic is broken. <laughs> um, but back to the point. Yeah, uh, a friend of mine, Hittel, joined. Uh, he came down with me, and uh, yeah, he took the time to uh, help me, help me with the competition, and then also do a little bit of flying his own. He hasn't been getting out flying much, so it was great for him to get away from the house and, and come down and join us all. That was pretty cool to see the old school 600 he was flying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got himself a six. He's got himself an Align 600, the the 6S 600 fly bar, and uh, he's still got an original canopy for that thing. Um, yeah, it was makes a very unique sound. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I a few people looked at it uh, oddly as he's flying it, and I was like, "It's on throttle curves." I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> throttle curve what <laughs> throttle what <laughs> yeah um yeah it's not a governed heli i've flown it around a bit um the sad thing i, I wish that spectrum would have left in a few more of the mixers so that we could actually do like a, a collective to elevator and collective to aileron mixing but those are missing oh silly spectrum those are missing, so he has to do his own mixing. Um, but you know, as a as a guy who doesn't fly a ton, uh, he doesn't he doesn't uh, really know it. I I, uh, I kind of really wish I could get him a, a cheap fly bar model, and um, I guess I have to keep my eyes peeled and see if I can't find something one day. Yeah, it's it's amazing how things have changed. Yeah. Yeah. What used to be important isn't important at all anymore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. As far as programming things, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. I can't tell you how many hours we spent trying to get throttle curves to match, you know, uh, pitch curves and to keep the head speed the same through the turns. And I, God, that was, that was a long time ago. I think you convinced Tyson. I think he likes it. I did not think he would be an Ethrian type or wanting to do Ethrian, your precise flying, you know, Tyson being Tyson, you know. I don't think he sees it as precision. So, yeah. But there's a whole bunch of things in there that guys haven't been asked to do. And that stuff's enticing to me. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, no one's told him to do that and be like, oh, really? Well, shit, let's go try it. Um, I, I know John was having a blast yeah. with some of the stuff he was trying he'd never done before. Yeah. Um, and, and that I, I think is what, that is what I think is, you know, it's really hard to sell competition to folks to be like, dude, yeah, come out and compete and, and guys will judge you. I mean, that's, that's a horrible sale. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Right. It really is. It's a horrible sale. Um, it really, really is. But, the competition, you know, as, as I get into what excites me about it, it doesn't necessarily excite others about it. Um, 
but as as the day was going along Friday, because, you know, we packed up. I got out there Thursday night, woke up Friday morning, morning painted the course, and uh, it was just a constant ribbing. It was a constant ribbing by by Cliff, and who else joined me that morning to paint? Was one of the, the, the uh, members? No, no. Cliff, Madison, and who else was there with me Friday morning? Hiddle. Hiddle was there with me, and... And, and they're, they're calling out my OCD and my perfection. Cause I've got, I've got three tape measures and I'm measuring out. I'm measuring out over 20 meter distances and it's all triangles. It's Prothargan's algorithm. It's theorem, um, to measure out the course and, and paint the dots and everything. So when you see the circles, lines and flags, uh, yeah, it's all, it's not just gas to put down. I got to make sure it's square so that. You know, the judge, you know, the judge on the far left isn't a little bit closer to the flag than the judge in the far right who's a little bit further from the flag because the two lines are are not parallel to one another. If they ran long enough, they'd intersect each other. Um, they, they shouldn't. But, you know, they're making fun of me in that. And but past that, as the guys start doing stuff, and they, 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 they start getting into it. They're like, hey, you know, I haven't been asked to do this. Or, man, this is stuff I, I, I want to practice. I want to get better at this, you know, because – I think a lot of us have seen in the hobby that it's, it's the, it's the, it's a dictionary of maneuvers. Well, let me do, let me do TikToks. Let me do Puro flips. Let me do autos. Let me do ground stuff. Let me do overspeeds. It's like, okay, boring. <laughs> right. You know, and, and you get into the F3N, you, you start like, well, how do I fly to music? Like go find a song. How do I fly to music? What, what works? Yeah. More head speed. I don't know. Hmm. More head speed. <laughs> In that case, that's what I needed. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, you actually, I mean, I was sitting in a chair for your music flight, or as I sitting. I don't know. Were you behind one of the judges? I think I was sitting behind one of the judges, and I was sitting behind Cliff, and I was watching your music flight. And the thing I noticed is you were actually on. You were on. You were you were you were harmonized with your music, but you couldn't keep harmony with the music long term because you needed more maneuvers and more head speed would have helped you open up a, a bigger envelope of maneuvers to keep harmony with the music. I had it planned out, but after the first TikTok, I'm thinking, oh shoot, it's dropping. I don't have the head speed, so I had I had to bail yeah. on a lot of maneuvers because uh, I knew I wasn't going to be able to, to uh, fly to it because I've been practicing that that song on the simulator. An, an actual set yeah. routine. Now, you were saying that I was very uh, repetitive, and I will agree with that. Even on the simulator, there was some maneuvers that I just I do over and over again. So I need to change that up. Uh, it's mm-hmm. hard. Yep. And uh, one thing that I was trying to do on the simulator was reversal pyro flips. And I don't know if you saw me do it yesterday. Was it yesterday morning? Yeah, yesterday morning. I was doing reversal pyro flips. Um, I just didn't feel comfortable doing it t- during the. Um, during the uh, music round, because I knew it was going to go in. Because yeah. I had to really think when I started doing <laughs> when I started doing reversal fl- uh, pyro flips, um, and I really had to like you know stick out my tongue and just like Ugh, you know grind my teeth and stuff like yeah. that, just trying to like get it right. Um, yeah. um, what's the young What's the young man from Australia who came to Urcha last year? Um, you talking about uh, the young kid? Oh, yeah. that's uh, Reese. 
Yes, Reese. I noticed during his flight, he actually opened my eye a bit that like he would do um, a little bit of tail tail maneuvers, some some back and forth on the tail to actually keep harmony with the music to do something else than a TikTok. Oh yeah, yeah. Because when you get when you get a fast beat in the music, it, it, it lends itself to TikToks. But there's not much else than TikToks that lends itself to. So start doing like a paint stir stuff. Paint stir stuff, or he was just he was flying a little bit and he was doing like a little bit of tail crack, but not really crack. Um, where he would move the tail to the beat Real, of the music, yeah, kind of, wow. slow, kind of slow, kind of like a slow, not a wag, but just a slow wag back and forth. More like a more like a fast wag. I don't remember that. Okay. Yeah, because I know Jamie. Um, I know which kind of opened my I know eyes. Jamie Robertson, he does like that slow wag. Mm-hmm. Which I think yep. is really really cool. Yeah. Um, I know for myself during spring fling, they did that competition. And for once in, in my time of flying the music, I, I, I'm finding like the, the music I like, like to listen to is really high energy, um, really high energy. I, I couldn't even explain what the beat permitted is on it. It's, uh, I wonder if the drummer is just back there with adrenaline being piped into him, pumped into him. Cause there's, there's no way to fly to it. It's pretty much just pound the helicopter. If the you're ground. talking about that song that you played when we were driving back home from RCHO, uh, the Super Pool, then yeah, what the hell you want to fly that to? You, you can't. Yeah. No, you cannot. <laughs> you, you, yeah, you basically so- play that like, oh, I think we could fly to this. It's like, what the hell is this? <laughs> No. Yeah, uh, Lamb of God may be a bit too much. <laughs> but um, I had chosen Queen, actually, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, and that music actually matched the energy I display in the air a lot better than other music I've flown yep. to. And so uh, I'm starting to get to there. You know, you got to choose music that supports the energy you're displaying with the model. Yeah. If you were at a gun range with AK-47, then maybe. (laughs) 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 Then maybe that's the song for you. (laughs) Yeah. A helicopter? Nope. Yeah. Maybe spinning at 5,000 RPM on a 700? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, it's, it's it's a bit too much rambunctious. No, that that, oh. that that flight you did, uh, spring fling with uh, Queen, that was uh, that was a good that was a good routine. Yeah, it was it was, a good, it was good energy, good energy. And uh, you had the flight time for it. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. a long song. Yeah, I abused their their flight time. They're like, yeah, we went four minutes. Uh, I think I went six. I saw a few yawns though, here I, and there. They said they wanted a maximum of four. <laughs> And you kept on going. I was like, is he going to land soon? No, no, he's going to fight the whole song. Okay, go for it. And everybody's just like no. yawning, like you know, rolling their eyes. I'm like, ha, suckers. Yeah, Casey you kept turning down the music every time I got low to the yeah. ground. He thought I was going to land. Just like that. But it was more like that damn Monty. Damn Monty. <laughs> damn Monty. Get me. Guy never lands, man. <laughs> Not Diamante, damn Monty. Diamante. You know the sad thing is, you know how many flights I actually did this weekend at at, at, uh, at Gold in Goldsboro. One, one, two. Oh, if you're talking about the day before, yeah, I wasn't there. Yeah, Friday night and one competition flight. No, no, that actually makes three. 
That's three. Yeah. One Friday night, one calibration flight for the judges, and then one for my own. That's right. That's right. You did do the calibration flight. I forgot about <laughs> that. How could I? How could you forget about that? You came out there with a freaking <laughs> flamethrower roaster. <laughs> <laughs> ah, it was fun. Uh-huh. Somebody's got to yeah. do it. Hey, nobody else was speaking. Oh, about I know. A lot of the judges are new in in um a lot of good guys are new at judging, and, and, and they had to break them in a bit. But that's that's the best part about this particular event that you're running is the learning you're allowing people to do. You know, you know and, and, and that wasn't something I said a bit ago very well, but the learning and competition is where I see the value at in, in the short term and long term. Um, you know, like, like this year I've been putting more of a focus on keeping the model – at the proper distance away from me instead of letting the model get away from me. Like I can keep my line. Mm -hmm. I can keep my line as far as altitude and speed, but then you start having a wind that's pushing the model in on you or a wind that's pushing the model away from you. And I've been working more at, um, at at doing that. And and competition is the reason I work at that is because, you know, like uh, uh, one of the, (laughs) One of the uh, guys who judges every once in a while at Nats, or actually pretty much every year, or every year we're doing world uh, uh, U.S. team selections, a gentleman by the name of Dave Sellers. He's an older guy at this point. And one of the things I'll hear him yell out at me is, I can't judge what I can't see. (laughs) (laughs) I can really uh, piss him off. I'll get a 180. I'll get the Oxy 2. (laughs) Do you see it now? (laughs) Fly it over his face. Uh, you're only hurt yourself. If he can't judge it, he can put nope. down you, not observed. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> can't see it. You can't judge it. At which point his score his score is based upon an average. <laughs> <laughs> um But no, it's competition that, you know, this last year has 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 worked me to work on model placement, not letting the wind push me out or push me in. Working on that a lot harder. Um in the shorter term, you know, in the, in the first couple of years was, uh, you know, fixing up the pirouette and the inverted triangle and sportsman. Mm-hmm. Um, and that learning, the learning, the, the little things, that's really been a big driver, and a, a big influencer for why I see um, competition is valuable. Yeah, I, I would agree. It drives you to do things you probably wouldn't do, and especially do them in front of other people. Um you know, the practice that it takes to learn new stuff. I mean, we've been talking about that. But also, this particular event has given us the opportunity to learn scoring. We had – how many guys did we have out there that had never even flown at an event before? Six. Six total. Yeah. I mean, that's that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Some of them we had to beat up to get out there, but they all had a great time. <laughs> to be honest, that is more – that's more new people at, at, at Rob's event than at Nats last year. Was it? Wow. There wasn't six new people last year. No, there wasn't. Yeah, it's um. There was not many new people at all at Nats. Mm-hmm. It's mainly the same people. That's what's funny is too the two guys that won. They're, they're new guys. They're new. Yeah. They never even flown nope. a competition mm-hmm. before. I mean, Joel's expression, like his eyes, just bulging oh. out of his head when when you called his name. He was not expecting that. <laughs> that no, that was priceless. 
I think he was thinking he got a second or a third or something. Yeah. And, uh, cause when I had called him to come back, cause Joel, as you know, he had left, had to leave early for a family event and got his two rounds in pretty or three rounds in kind of quickly. And, um, I called him and I said, you might just want to come back for the awards just for the fun of it. <laughs> and, um, cause you know, Marty, you had mentioned to me that you might want to have him come yeah, back. Yeah. I, I, once the guys saw that I stopped being up the line in the afternoon, I'd gone back to start uh, using Microsoft Excel to total up all the points. And uh, I saw where Sportsman was headed. <laughs> and he said he mentioned, he's like, well, I, I might come back if you all are still out here. And I, I, I went over Rich and I was like, hey, um, John needs to come back. <laughs> <laughs> so I yeah, did. And yeah, did. yeah, yeah. And it was... It was funny. I talked to him this morning, and he was he was over the top. Yeah, I uh, I saw his post over on uh, was it Instagram? I didn't see it. Oh yeah, it would be Instagram. I saw his picture over on Instagram of the award. Oh yeah, he did. He had it on Facebook yeah, too. I yeah, you know the funny thing is I get I see his stuff on Instagram before I see his stuff on Facebook. Despite being owned by the same company, the algorithms are against me on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, he was excited. He was talking about improving, and every time he goes out, he's going to practice. And, <laughs> uh -oh. It was pretty cool. It was it was pretty cool. I've been trying like, to get him into uh -oh. it for a long time. Created a monster. You know, it's fun to see that. There we go. Monty's starting a cult. <laughs> uh, you know, that's a big thing is, you know, that's the biggest thing in the end that I find that I really love about competition is just learning and I love being able to share that with others that they can get value out of it and learn. Cause, um, usually a lot of them, their faces light up. They're happy as all they're happy as all they could be to, to find something challenging that they could go home and sit down and practice. Oh yeah. Yeah. Dude, Rodney, yeah. like that last round, he could not believe how much better the model felt after putting, after Jay put some, uh, some expo in his radio because he did not want that. But once he had that, he was like, that was so much easier. I want to do this again. I want to put more in it. That was way better because he didn't want change. He was as stubborn as I was. Don't want to change anything. Want to keep the way it is. Don't want to, you know, don't want to get mixed up with, with what you have, you know, for your other kind of flying. Don't want to have to put it on a switch because if you accidentally hit that switch or you forget to hit the switch or something like that, it goes crazy or you can't do the way you want it. But after after he tried it, I mean, it was it was a game changer for him. His first round yeah. was just, you know, not to be mean or anything, but it was all over the place. But <laughs> I'm not I'm not I'm not. Well, really, his first yeah, two I'm rounds. Not, I mean, I'm not trying to be mean or anything. It's just he was. You know, he's trying he's trying to figure it out how to do it. But after Jay was helping him get, you know, just you know, and convinced him to like here, put some explain your radio. We'll dial the rates down a little bit. And, and you go for it again. I mean, he was like, after he was done, he, he went back to Jay's like, I want more. I want more. Come on, turn it down more. <laughs> I mean, he, he, you know, he enjoyed it a lot. Like after that, he wants to do it again. Um, to give him some positive, he memorized the maneuvers really fast. He did because he, he, he wasn't even planning on competing. He was just like last second. Yeah, he memorized him. It's funny how that tends to happen. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's why a lot of times people hear me say coerce because uh, getting people to do it can be a bit of coercion. It's like, dude, come on. Come on. It's not that hard. Get in here. I'll show you how it's done. Come on. Get in here. You coerce two people to to, uh, to join. Uh, yeah, well, I've, I've got, I've got to my credit more in, in, in the longer term of how many people have coerced into the competition. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, la- at last second. Yeah. At the real, uh, the real one, the, the measurement I, I go with is how many people return, uh, how many mm. people return. Cause that one is a low, that one's a low number. I mean, Shaggy is a return. Rick. Um, Rich, Rich yeah. did it before and is back again. I mean, you did it before you went to Nats before. Yeah, I competed at Nats in the early nineties. Um, when it was it was when that sportsman back then was no big air maneuvers. It was all all hovering maneuvers. Yeah, I did compete, but like I said, it was all hovering. It wasn't there was no big air stuff, so I never worried about big air. Stuff. Yeah, I, that was what I did for fun. And, um, you know, got out of it for 15 years or so and then jumped back in when my daughters quit sailing with me. And, um, now here I want to try to compete again, but, you know, you got to practice and it's, if you're not practicing, you're not going to be real competitive, but not that it's not fun because it is. That's why I did it. But to get really competitive, you're going to have to have some practice time. Yep. Yeah, you. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, definitely. Yeah, they. Uh, I've I've been through the maneuvers before and seen how uh, heli nationals has changed. It used to be, you talk to the guys, you used to be able to walk around with the model and and fly it in a square pattern, and you know. Yeah, you you well, you had to stay in one. At least when I was doing, it, you had to stay in one spot. But you know, it was all nitro, so you had a start. You know, starting circle like you guys do now. Only we actually, it was there to start your model. Then you'd walk the model to the, or walk out with the model, just like you guys are doing in the more advanced classes. Yep. Fly it out, land the model, get it in the spot, sit back, come back to your spot. And then in Sportsman, we had four flags. Yeah. And you would, there was various maneuvers, top hat maneuver. You know, there was various hovering maneuvers that you did that you flew before, the, or uh, between the four flags, four positions, instead of just two like yeah. now. Um, and there were more of them. I can't remember. I, I want to say there was eight or 10 of them, but you know, they were all hovering maneuvers for sportsman class yep. now. And that's what I was competing in then also. Yeah. And, um, you know, it was a lot of fun. It was the same thing camaraderie wise then, you know, back then. Um, and you know, we're talking about what the early nineties, I think I've got stickers on my radio on that PCM 10 that I've got. It's probably 93, 94, I think. Wow. So this is when the Nats were still moving around. And, um, Right, before, I think Muncie had been bought back then. I think, but it hadn't. They hadn't started doing that. There, my first one was in Massachusetts. Wow, yeah, it's uh, it kind of makes me sad that um, I noticed that AMA has scoring from '98 to now, and and uh, it's kinda, yeah, it's kind of too bad yours isn't there. It would be pretty cool to see that yeah. actually. Oh, I would. Um, but it is fun. You can go back through there and you can see, you know, names of names, people we, we hold in, in a high regard who do great things for Solly oh, yeah. when they, when they went through and competed. The, man, when I was doing it, it was, it was young blood. It was Wayne Mann. Um, you know, back then it was, uh, who else was out there? I was going to say Bob Harris, but I think it was before then. Bob Harris was still competing then when, when, uh, when, uh, Rich went. 
Yeah, there were a bunch of guys I wouldn't, I, you know, I just don't remember their names, but they're the guys we all sat back and sat back in our chairs and made sure we watched Fly. They were the guys mm-hmm. we were looking up to. Um, yeah, well, you can use some of the other ones. Schooner, you can go. Tim Schooner. Yeah. Well, and I, and I would say, so those are a lot of guys who have now retired. Mm-hmm. There's guys who are current, like uh, Alan Zabo. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, you can find uh, Alan Zabo in there. Also, uh, JC Zankel. Um, you know, our guy, <laughs> Yep, my <laughs> you can find JC when he did competition, you can find my a lot team of manager. Yeah. Yeah. You can find a lot of guys who are, you know, the, the helpful guys, the industry guys, you can find when they went through competition. Yeah. It's pretty cool. It is. It is. Um, so yeah. Um, so yeah, it was, uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot of the guys, old hands at it, the current industry guys we see, they've actually gone through competition. Um, but yeah, to, to, you know, like Joel was very surprised. I had to, I told Rich like, Hey, you should get him to come back. And, uh, I was watching the score come together. It's funny. Uh, John and Tyson wandered away from us to, to talk privately and their bet on, on how they think the competition came out. And I was sitting there watching John as I named off the, 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 the pilots from, from, uh, uh, from third to first, and he you can just see he's like, oh my god, he still hasn't called my main. Oh no, no, I couldn't have been the one who won it. Yeah, <laughs> he was the <laughs> one to win it. <laughs> um, and yeah, Joel lit up as well, which is it was great to see. Yeah, um, I'm actually really looking forward to really looking forward to bring it back uh, next year, and I'm also having an idea about a fall event as well. Um, but I got to talk to some people. I'll probably be in a different location. Um, and I'll have to, uh, I'll probably, I'm looking to actually a different location and during a fun fly, but, um, I'll look to put it into a different, uh, you know, keep it away from the fun fly so as to not, uh, stop people from flying. You know, for those who don't want to do competition, I don't want to stop them from flying. I don't want to get in the middle of a flight line. So got some more ideas, um, you know, cause the F3N, is uh you know the guys the guys like it you know it's freestyle <laughs> you know there's I started there's that one weird second. thing yeah you did um, and I sucked <laughs> I zeroed out maneuvers yeah that's a hard thing about last second because I um, didn't know any of the maneuvers at all and I looked at it and I'm thinking oh okay I can do this Cuban eight so I go up I roll I pull out I go up roll pull out oh uh, no you're supposed to go up you know, up and then go down and roll. And it's like, ah, mother fudge. Yeah. He not roll up on the, on the, uh, on the up climb, but roll on the down climb. Yes. He, he pulled into the crossover section first before the loop and, um, Cuban eights as, as I've seen him in most rule books, have you do the loop first and then the crossover. So, yeah, it's on the down line, mm-hmm. which, you know, I should have known because I fly planes and that's exactly how I do the Cuban eights on a plane. Is that right way? Oh, uh, you know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking of speed because that's how you do it on speed. You go up, you mm. roll, and then you pull. That's exactly what was in my mind. Yeah, that would make more sense. I, You know, the biggest thing I tell the guys is um, memorize your maneuvers. You don't have to necessarily memorize the order of them. Uh, that's, you know, definitely do that. But if, if you were staring at something at last second or you're freaking out, memorize the maneuvers. 
Um, if you know the maneuver, your caller will call the maneuver. Um, this, this holds true for the AMA classes, F3C and F3N, for set maneuvers in the classes. You know, they'll call out a figure M or they call it the Cuban 8. Oh, yeah, the Cuban 8, and you go do the Cuban 8. If you have it memorized, your caller will back you up. Um, memorizing your order of your maneuvers is important because sometimes you gotta, you gotta, you gotta check your collar. <laughs> no, uh, no, I've, I've had DePaulo during. Oh, yes. Oh, Sportsman yes. or advanced and call the wrong maneuver during Nats. And I just start yelling at him at full, at full volume for the judges to hear because I'm not taking a zero on my collar. <laughs> <laughs> um, not not when you're not when you're not when you're trying to get a really consistent flight like uh, not when you're trying to get a really consistent flight because that's the last part I, I think I'll put to this is the interesting thing the the part that that wins the part that wins a competition is consistency you know uh, uh, Rich and I were talking about it last night as we were looking over averages and you were surprised Rich what what, what what was your surprise at I was surprised at how low well, for me, the hovering maneuvers were when I thought I had done better at those. And one of the maneuvers I didn't think I'd done that, that well at, the average was higher. Yeah. You know, um, I don't know. It was, it's looking at the scores and what your perception of what the flight was and what other people's perception of what the flight was is really humbling. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? It's. Yeah. You know, I mean, hovering for me has always been a real kind of a thing that's a lot of fun. And although, you know, we, we jumped into that without a lot of practice. I mean, look at look at Joel, man. He jumped in there with no practice. He just got his hand out of a cast and, um, you know, turned out to win the thing. But And he was nervous. He was shaking. He was sweating, you know. And um, I think we all were, in that, at least in that first round. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know your perception of what you think. You're Usually, making. the first round is typically the throwaway round. Well, in that's in that's uh, of course you have to get a certain amount of flights. I think it's like what four or more, and then you get a throwaway round. No, um, one of what is so the way they scored at Nats is they they fly seven rounds, and one of them will be a throwaway. Um. But that comes back to the consistency point. You don't want to go in with the thought of my first round is my throwaway. And you can't see where your consistency is at by sitting at home and flying by yourself. Right. At some point, you're going to have to step in front of someone else and go and, and fly it you know, twice. And they'll go, you're inconsistent with that. <laughs> right. You don't yeah. know what, you know, you don't know what you're doing wrong or right. It's just like practicing over a flag, but never having anybody stand behind the flag and tell you whether you're, over, you're really over yep. it or not. You know what I mean? You could practice and practice and practice over that flag, and you could be a foot and a half from the flag and never even know it. You know, that or you can be doing your things. You know, to you it looks good, but if someone was standing by that flag, your tail is not straight. Yep. Yeah. That gets a lot of people, and it still gets me, too. Yeah, that's getting me right now. I still have a slight issue. I'm better at it than I used to be, but I still have a slight issue in that. That is a hard thing to try to, to, try to get right. You know, that's a funny thing is because once you move to expert, uh, damn near nothing's tail in. Yeah, it's true. 
Yep. Damn near nothing's tail end. <laughs> it gets easier. Yay. Uh, it doesn't that it does. Yeah. Then you end up, you end up siding on almost all of it. And you got a lot of other issues to deal with. Well, there's other issues, but you can still crab a model around. And, and like, I know when I'm out practicing and, and Ben's with me, he will call me. He's like, yeah, it'd be nice if you actually had that model squared up. <laughs> like, damn it. <laughs> damn it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's what I was doing this weekend. Um, but, you know, those, those things, you know, consistency matters. And that's one area where, like, in the years I, uh, in the years where there, there's one competitor who comes out and he flies uh, every couple of years with, uh, at Nats. And um, uh, when he shows up, he beats me. He beats me. Um, he beats me because he's just more consistent and he's, uh, he's retired and he, uh, just practices Jim Hall, Mr. Jim Hall. Every time Jim shows up, he wins. All he practices is the round he flies. And he tells me that he's like, this is all they practice. He doesn't do auto rotations. He doesn't practice freestyle. He doesn't do any of that. And he is, he is, cause I'll watch it. I'll, I, I have enough skill to place ahead of him and I do, but I'm not as consistent as he is. So when you go seven rounds, he'll win four, I'll win three. Right. And that's what gets you. And it's like, damn dude, he's consistent. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's Jim for you. It's Mike Unger for me. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, I mean, we were neck and neck. Yeah. But it's not Jim beating me. It's consistency beating me. It's it's the fact that it's like, damn. Cause, and that's what gets me. But like, guys are like, why don't you fly lower? It's consistency. It's one inconsistent movement, and I got a model on the ground on the weekends. You know, not the same. <laughs> mm. So, yeah, I don't know. You know, it's interesting because I, I, start, I start, I'll start reading this just kind of like a consciousness stream of how it went because I know uh, – Saturday morning, I think what uh, Shaggy and was it Lincoln got some like really early flights. Yeah, he was up pretty early. No, it was Jay. It was Jay and myself. Oh, was it Jay? Yeah, it was Jay and Shaggy. I, you guys woke me up. I I woke up out of my hammock and I thought it was like nine o'clock and I was like, ah, oh, crap. And then I look at my watch at six thirty a.m. and I'm like, oh, I gotta go to work anyways. <laughs> <laughs> and that was that was Saturday, and so I at that point for me on Saturday, it was really about working the guys, the guys had their maneuvers chosen. So I was working through the F3N guys to get all their, um, set maneuvers down on the score sheets for the judges. So they knew what maneuver they were judging. Uh, and, and after I got all that decided for the guys, there's a few late entries, you know, we had Lincoln, Lincoln Everard. Um, he joined in Tyson was already, Tyson was already in the comp. We knew he was going to be in the comp. Um, uh, Tyson was in the comp. John was in. Jay was a late entry, so I had to work work with Jay. Had to work with Lincoln. Who was my other? Oh, Shaggy. <laughs> had mm-hmm. to work with the three of them yeah. right at the last minute the last to get second. their maneuvers down on the score sheets. And then Jay had a change. I wrote that in. Um, it was really to me. It was it was a mad rush to get things logistically prepped. And then once the sun got to the right spot, was getting everyone together and getting out there and putting putting some score sheets in their hand for sportsmen as I did the calibration flight. Um, 
And the calibration flight usually, so I'll go out there and fly the flight so that we can go back and talk about it for a judging perspective. What did judges see? What did they score it? What did they see right? What did they see wrong? Um, just to start getting them that eye, that, that, that thought of, you know, uh, critically looking at a flight. Right. And that discussion that we had around that with some of the guys that had done it before, yeah. what you were saying, yeah. I think it really gave them some insight into what to actually see it and then what they wrote down and why they did. And then to critique, not critique, it's not the right word, but to talk about why they wrote what they wrote. Yeah. Yeah. To, to um, Exactly. Yes. Fi- figure out the reason why, why did you give this person that score? Uh, right. You know, why'd you, why'd you think this was a nine? When clearly there was mistakes being made, I don't know because it, it looked good to me. It's like okay, or why'd you give this person a a a one when the person made it recognizable? Yeah, right, exactly. And it's it's learning how to know how much to take off, and part of that's in the instructions. You know, if you read the maneuvers, you kind of get an idea what this maneuver is supposed to be, but you still don't know how much to take off. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that conversation you have at the very beginning with everybody after the calibration flight is awesome to help that a little bit. And I think you were saying you, you saw that in the scores, too. The scores weren't that far off from the new guys scoring. In other words, if they scored throughout the contest, right, after the calibration flight, I think, didn't you say that the consistency amongst the score they were scoring at in the six and sevens and stuff was fairly consistent amongst the new guys, or did I miss that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we were talking about it last night, and, right. and the guys were consistent in their scoring. Um, right. And the calibration helps that. Um, I went to a contest last year, and um, the the CD didn't have a calibration flight, and he had some new guys, and the guys were interpreting things. <laughs> I was like, I was like, they need a calibration flight. They're they're interpreting things and. What became the calibration flight for them was when I went up and flew the expert sequence. They were like, oh. <laughs> Let's see what that is. And then it's like, how much to deduct? Like, you and I have had this conversation. We had it there. But, you know, if, if the if the maneuver is recognizable, is it a one? But yet it wasn't – it was flown way off center. It was flown – they lost altitude. It wasn't flown online. They didn't enter it. Well, you know, I mean, all these little things. How much do you deduct? How critical are you supposed to be? We got a new guy. This guy's just off a of, off a box, right? Off a buddy box. Yep. He was awesome because he showed up and wanted and, and was enthusiastic about it. Man, yep. his maneuvers were everywhere. His hovering maneuvers didn't move the judges. I loved it, but he was all over, right? So, <laughs> where do you? I mean, is it is it a one and a half because you knew it was a li- you know supposed to be an ellipse? Right. He got it from one side to the other, but there was no ellipse in there, right? Yeah. Or is that a five? Or is it a seven? Because he's a new guy and you want to egg him, you know, you yes. want him to be there beyond. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? No, you'll, you'll find guys who are good at giving feedback and being critical. Um, you know, usually at nationals for sportsmen, when you walk off the line, the judge will do it for every pilot. They'll, they'll tell you something that they're critical about and they'll tell you something you're good about. And they'll do that for all pilots so that it's not unfair. Um, but that's about as far as they go. Yeah, and they'll do both. That way, it's not like they're constantly getting on you saying, you did this wrong, you did this wrong, you did this wrong. And you're thinking, oh, I'm trying. Yeah. Yeah, I saw Shaggy. You were doing that a little bit this weekend. Mm-hmm. I try to find at least one positive and 
I don't want to say negative, but one thing that needs to be worked on. I try to I try to find at least one of each for uh, for each pilot. Yeah. So like 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 you know your tail you know it's like so your pauses were were pretty good and your altitude was 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 pretty level, but your tail is it's just drifting. You need to keep that as straight as possible because you know I'm in the center. You know when I was in the center, if that tail is lined up with me, it's definitely not lined up for the third person. You know, for for the right. outer outer people, I did. I know I gave that 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 feedback to one person. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, that's what I try to do is you know just give a positive, positive note and something to work on. Right. Just yeah. Just to make the person you know try to give that person a you know something that they you know uh something they can work on, but as well as give them more positive feedback to so they feel good about what they did. And some advice to what they need to work on. Agree. And, and that's what, you know, especially when, when I was, you know, like my first year uh, of doing that in sportsman, I got that a lot and it made me feel really good. It's like, okay, okay, I need to work on this. They like this. So I need to work on this. Yeah. They like this. So I'm doing this right. But this right here, I need to work on. And they told me that this is not looking good. I need to focus on that. Well, and yeah, definitely. And after, so after calibration, it's really comes down from my perspective is get the guys up there and have them start flying. Yeah. You know, get judges in chairs. And that's, and that's usually where, you know, that's where the difficult part starts in that, uh, if judges aren't seated and pilots aren't ready, the contest crawls. <laughs> oh, yes. I will agree. I will say with the amount of people, people you had this year, and despite the delay due to the farmers cutting the flower heads off the uh, tobacco field, it went pretty smoothly. Yeah, compared to I, last I, year. Uh, I have to give a thanks to uh, Cliff and definitely John for. Uh, I told them, you know, they'd say something. I'd be like, gather the guys, yell at them, go forward. Well, John's got a big, vo- big, a big mouth, so <laughs> he's a for- he's a force to be working with. Yeah, it's it's fun from a contest perspective when you're back there in the computer totaling points and, and working score sheets and making sure there's score sheets to score. You need someone who's directing the front part of the house, kind of like a restaurant. Someone's in the back cooking, someone's up front getting people seated, getting their orders. And so you need a second person to start um, getting that part moving out there. And, and then you in the back have to supply them so that they can move the front part of it. Yep. And, um, you know, Hiddle was helping me and then. Cliff and John were, you know, John was definitely doing it and Cliff was doing it too to, to get mm-hmm. things moving. And that's really helpful to keep the pace going along. Yeah. And um, also, we also, you know, we were able to work out with the farmers in the field and, and finish or, you know, start continuing at three in, in the backfield. We didn't work <laughs> anything. We just well, went no. somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We didn't know. There was, there was no working with them, but, you know, we worked it out with us. <laughs> Of what we should do next, since they were in the middle of the field, just literally wandering out of the bus. Oh well, these spinning rotor blades over, over our heads. We should just walk out in the field. Those stop flying. To be really clear, there was no rotor blades over their head. We were not overflying people. No, we, I say we stopped well before. Oh that. yeah, <laughs> but and their eyes are like, oh, we'll stop. They, they didn't stop. They're doing their job, and they're out in the sun with us. I uh, yeah. Yeah, and the they face- were just trying to get their stuff done. Yeah. I do. Yeah, I do I, recall you saying that it, it, this is a business, and we have no right to stop them. Yeah, 
So yeah, it's. I mean, those guys are just trying to get their stuff done. We were over flying a tobacco field that had to be headed. So yep. you know, they're that they were there to do it. We're intriguing their job, so we have to we have to work with it, work it out, and we did. We went to the peanut field. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that actually, you know, and the, and the interesting thing is it actually gave us a little bit of break from the hottest of the sun. It really did. Yeah. Really did. Uh, I, I looked up the temperatures today. I went out onto the National Weather Service and looked it up because Saturday the air temp was 98 was the recorded high for the air temp at uh, Swanson Air Force Base. Uh-huh. Yep. And Friday was 95. <laughs> it was warm. It was warm. And it was humid, too. Well, the humidity was up there, but compared to Virginia, the humidity was low. Mm. Uh, because I, I know driving home on Sunday – it, it felt nice. Of course, temperature was high, but soon as I got into Virginia, temperature, I looked at the temperature, I was like, it's the same, but why am I so dead burn hot? And it's just, mm-hmm. I, it was the moisture, it was the humidity. It was just getting so high on the way home. Yeah. So, it was, it was hot, but it was a comfortable hot. It wasn't a miserable hot. Whatever. To, Whatever. To, okay. It, when you were sitting out there under that sun by that umbrella, it was warm. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah but, but I'm saying it wasn't like... I mean, it, it it was hot, but if it was as humid as it usually gets here in Virginia at those temperatures, dude, I wouldn't be. I would have been soaked just due to sweat. Yeah, it, it, Shaggy. Uh, most times it gets more humid as you go further south. So your your relative humidity measurement of your own self is <laughs> that, that I know <laughs> not that. calibrated. I know, not but calibrated. It, but hey, it doesn't. Even if it goes further south, sure, it gets most supposed to be more humid. Humid. You're humid. Uh, it could have been a you know a a a a, 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 a I can't even think of uh, I can't think of weather right now. Pretty sure I can't remember. Whatever. <laughs> well, let's bring it back to the flying because the first. Let's see, who flew first? Um, you did, didn't you, Monty? Oh yeah, the sportsman. The sportsman wanted to get some practice going on, and so Shaggy flew first. Yeah, so Shaggy flew and. That gave us an opportunity, and for the guys who'd never flown, you know what I mean? Let them see what was going on. Yeah. That was awesome. And then show them what a zero looks like. <laughs> but you know what? I don't think they knew. And you know what? Even you guys knew what had happened. And by, by you know, for the listeners, you know, you, what, you flew backward. You flew part of the hovering maneuvers backwards, right, Shaggy? Yeah, and you – I think the heat was starting to get to my head at that early stage because – there was there was one maneuver where in the figure in, I so I have a lot of nineties in in my uh, in my in, in in advance. I have a lot of nineties, especially in the figure in, and I went the wrong direction on the top of the the top of the M, uh, and then I started going backwards to complete the the forty five down and forty five back up. When you're supposed to go forward, uh, you know the nose facing the center, you know forty five down and forty five back up. And I, that's how I've been practicing it. But for some reason, during that right there, I went the other way and I went backwards towards the center and backwards back up. Right. But only one judge caught that and it was the experienced judge. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. Because the rest of us, I was looking at the sheet and I, was, I had the maneuver sheet in front of me. But I always think of the direction of flight doesn't matter because you're going to do it based on wind. Right. right. That matters in that particular maneuver. It, it it doesn't matter on the direction. Like if I started the other way, it would have been fine. But as long as the helicopter was going forward 
down on a 45 and then back up a 45, but going forward, right. doesn't matter which way it's facing as long as it depends on where right. you started. And for some reason, right. I went, I combined the inverted triangle because it does go backwards in the inverted triangle with the uh, figuring. Right. But seeing those mistakes and having Monty call you out on it, I don't mean call you personally, but I mean saying, hey, did anybody put any zeros besides me? Yeah. Really made me look the rest of the day. Because, <laughs> no, I don't mean that about it, but I mean, seriously. That was a good call. I mean, that was, and honestly, bad on my part because I did it wrong, but it was a good example for everyone else. It was a great learning thing for everybody that was there, especially the guys that were trying to learn to judge. Because we're looking at the sheet. We're not familiar as familiar with the maneuvers as you guys are, right? So we're trying to read the sheet. Some of these guys have never even seen those before. Yeah. Right? This is all new to these guys. So they're looking at the sheet. Monty calls out, hey, did anybody give him zeros? I immediately looked back at the sheet and said, okay, why didn't I give him a zero? Right? I mean, I, it's like, why, why didn't I catch whatever it was? I guarantee I would have caught it the next time around um, because of that. And that's part of the cool part of this particular competition with all the new guys and us all learning together, you know, when those things get pointed out and I doubt it, Nats, anybody's going to holler out. Hey, did you guys see the zeros? Uh, actually. So after a round, uh, typically the judges, they're more experienced. They'll stand up they have a question in their head and they're pretty sure it's like, that was a zero. And you'll see the judges stand up and meet real quick. Yeah. And that's that's a that's a that's a sign that you screwed up. <laughs> right, but they're not going to do it in front of in front of the pilot. I mean, they'll do it in front of the pilot oh, and yell it out. The, yeah, the, 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 the you'll know within about 10 minutes you zeroed a maneuver and which maneuver exactly <laughs> you you zeroed because the score comes out, yep. you know. It's live uh, after after you've flown after after the round is over, well, 5 minutes after the round is about over, the scores will come out and you'll see where you're you're zeroed at. Yeah, when they point right. out, it's like, I think I did really good at this round. I think I'm right on top. You look at there, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> right. Why am I down in the last place? What? Because uh, the way it works is when, one's, when one judge zeroes, all judges have to zero. And so it, it usually ends up being a judge's meeting. And the judges right. stand up, talk to one another, and go, well, this is what I saw, and this is why it is what it is. Smaller contest, yeah, you, you could turn around and do pretty much like, dude, I just zeroed your maneuver. What was that? <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it was good, though, because it was a lear real learning experience for me. Because yep. I'm trying to get better with my judging. You know what I mean? I, I want to understand how much take away why, why I'm doing what I'm doing, right? Yep. I don't want it to just be, oh, that looked like a five. <laughs> what the hell does that mean? Yeah, right? yeah, it's yeah. Not, it, it looked like a five to me because, shit, my role looks like shit, and I'm comparing my role to his role. No, it's a five because he didn't do things in a specific way to score a five. And how much do I take away? Do, am I doing half points? Or am I doing full points? Why would I pull a half point instead of a, a full point? You know, maybe he didn't exit the maneuver at the exact same altitude, but it was really close. Is that a half point or one point? If I hold a clipboard up and he's exiting there and I can see he does it exactly on that line and it's no point subtracted, but then he comes around and does this loop and he's slightly high holding, you know, against the base of the clipboard. And what I'm talking about is holding the clipboard up and watch where they enter. They come around the loop and does he exit on that same line? Right. Yes. Gives yep. you a reference point. If you don't have a reference point, you're just looking at it. It looks, you know, you may think it's the same same altitude, but it's not, or it would be a little off. Um, but you start to put those things together, 
Um, as he's coming around and you, and you have that, you see where he started. And I said, all right, he exits there. All right. If he's, if he's 30 feet out of whack, is that a two? Is it a <laughs> one? I don't mean the whole score. I mean the subtraction. How much I take away? Yeah. Like when you did your auto money and you came down, you did your 180 auto and you didn't hit the box and you weren't straight. Correct. Immediately you turned around and told us, guys, the best you can give me here's a six because I'm not in the box. That's automatically a four, right? Or subtract of a four. Yep. So those, I guarantee you, nobody but you two, Cliff and myself, had heard that before. Cliff, yeah, Cliff's probably heard it. And yeah, Shaggy, Shaggy's been around when it's been said. <laughs> right. And not only that, but we had that discussion at last year's event. Yep. So, and Cliff was there, but I mean, what I mean is they, they don't realize that that right there is a set point. It says, I didn't do this. You have to take this much away. Yeah. It wasn't like, Hey, you didn't hit the circle. Damn. For me, that'd be a two. You know what I mean? I mean, a two taken away Yep. versus a four. And here you're like, guys, you have to take at least four. That's what the book says. Yeah. And that's one of the interesting thing about smaller contests is getting really verbose about the rules and is, is one of those areas you just start turning guys off. They want to fly. True. And this very, and true. this is where it's kind of same thing with the, the, for a uh, speed flying where you have basically two different type of courses. You've got your, your beginners and your master class and where beginners is, you know, you cut out all the FAI rules pretty much. You know, you, you, you still have your standards, but you're trying to get people to come in where if you start doing pre-staging and doing pre-flights, you know, to a pre-stage, people are like, what? What, what the hell's a pre-stage? And it's like, well, you gotta, you gotta come in, you gotta pass these one pilots and you gotta stay straight and level and you gotta maintain that full, that full line all the way across from one, from one pilot to the other and maintain your speed there. And it's gonna be judged on your speed based off those two pylons in the pre-stage. Huh? You know, you're just gonna cut a lot of people out. So you, you do a basic, a basic class, which is basically what I had at, at the spring fling where you have your short course or your long course. And, and you know, basically you're going to, you, once you start, when you just hit one pylon, you start the timer, you pass the other one, stops the timer, there's your speed. There's, that's it. Doesn't matter if you are, you know, if you go up, do a dolphin or something in between there, you got an average speed right there. It's not based on, you know, straight line. And, and, and that's why you'll see. So most of us who run a competition, so like my friend, you know, our friend Eaton Bryce runs this competition up in New York. Him and I compete in expert together. And we, when we go to a contest, we're not expecting to get, you know, really critical feedback on how our flight was great or sucked. Um, I know, I know pretty well where my flight sucked at. Um, but you know, there's other contests like, uh, Tim DePerry runs the Music City Championship in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, and that contest happened actually last weekend. Um, that is a contest where you have FAI level, you have F3C level pilots judging. You're going to get some legit feedback if you attend that contest. So if you're a guy trying to up, you know, a guy who's coming up, coming up the ranks, you're looking to get that good feedback, you're looking to do it before you go to nationals. You know, Heli Nationals in Muncie, that's a great contest to go to because you're going to hear the real stuff. 
Um, and the same with like knobs contest, uh, in, in, uh, in Florida in in late October, which I'll go to. Cause like last year there was, you know, there's knob there, uh, Cliff Hyatt, uh, who, um, he goes worlds and he's an older name in this hobby. Uh, and then, uh, Gordy Mead, Gordy Mead actually wrote the maneuvers. Everyone in the AMA classes is flying. He's, uh, he's out there flying. Uh, he's, he's out there flying these days. He wrote the maneuvers are flying right now. Um, you'll get some real feedback from those guys and it can be brutal. <laughs> right. Right. Um, but in the smaller contests, mine, Eaton's, uh, shit. <laughs> Eaton and I are the only two running contests outside of knob and Tim. Um, Unfortunately, there's not a lot. Mine and Tim, and then and then nationals. Uh, or other ones running contests. So it comes down to you know, in the sportsman, I, I got to get them in. I got to get them. I got to get them. They gotta. They gotta experience the pro and the con. You know, the the pro is man. I did some learning. The con is it took a little time um, before I really just inundate them with uh, your tail's not completely straight. Uh, you were four feet off the flag in all directions. Uh, you have no clue what two meters is. Um, I could have thrown a brick at the back of your head at how just gross that flight was. <laughs> right. Where I've gotten into this conversation with Ben, and I don't think this doesn't come off the story too much, but there's a point where guys aren't showing that they're learning and they just keep doing the same thing over and over again. And they're not demanding anything better out of themselves. Like they can learn, but they just don't bother where it's like, dude, um, I got a brick here with your name on it. What the hell are you doing? You're wasting your own damn time out there. Um, stop doing it. You stop doing it. Uh, or, or, you know, there's some guys who, yeah, it, it's, it, <sighs> There's, there's, there's some guys who, who pull some real just, uh, you know, to finish off that thought, there's guys out there who just ain't trying and they're wasting everyone's time because they're not bothering to learn and, and put together the things. For the new guys, you know, I give them a little bit of leeway. They don't all accomplish a two meter hover, six feet above the ground. Right. Get it six feet above the ground. You know, not, you know, and some guys, they just keep doing the same thing over and over again, and, and they wonder why they get piss-poor results, and they keep going back to the contesting. Yeah, I, I don't know anybody like that. <sighs> you know what? I, I, <laughs> yeah. yeah. For for you, it's been interesting. You you are actually one of the best judges I have flying in sportsmen. Yes, yes absolutely. I agree. Um, in, in my experience, and you know what needs to be done. Uh, what you're, what you and I have been working with is tackling the model. Yeah. Yeah. You've been tackling the model to do better besides your own, you know, your own thing of, of working on being able to fly further away. So, right. um, it's been more about tackling the model and learning the model about, you know, slowing, slowing things down for better hovers, uh, so that you're not over controlling the model. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, on that whole, on that whole vein is, yeah, scoring's rough. Uh, I can only be so rough to a sportsman if I hand him a one on everything and tell him you're complete. You're, you're, that was complete garbage. And yelling at him, you know, off the field. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's, <laughs> not gonna, that's not going to entice. That's not fun. You know yeah, what I mean? It's not fun. You know, we, we expect that at not being yelled at at the field, but I mean, 
the level of competition where you've got to be more, I don't know, I guess you drive the competition by the type of competition you're holding. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So with that group of guys that we have out coming out to this, if you tried to do what you do at Nats, they won't come back next year. Uh, I, I partially agree. Um, that's, that's these days for sportsmen who show up. Um, I'm not, yeah, I'm not just talking sportsmen though. I'm talking, man, the F3N stuff was so much fun to watch. Yes. And these guys had never done it before. True. You know what I mean? And it was, it was fun to watch because they were just flat out having a good time. You know, uh, it was a good time in the, the biggest item I could have knocked guys on this weekend was, was creativity because there's a lot of repetition, but that's what they do in their normal 3D flying. Right. And there's a lot of repetition. And, and some of them heard it and, and they heard it and some of them will probably take it home and try and work on it personally to be less repetitive in three minutes. Already for, doing for that. Three minutes of flying is how, how little repetition can I do? Because yep. I got in a conversation with Tyson about it. I was like, I've, I've talked with Nick about it several times. And then, mm-hmm. Uh, he'll go out there and do every orientation of TikTok going through a horizontal circle. <laughs> mm-hmm. And after that, TikToks are off the, off the, off the menu. There's no more TikToks to be done. He did all the orientations. Right. Um, that's hard. It's, it's it, you, you personally have to dig deep and go, Oh shit. <laughs> right. What do I got? What do I got left? <laughs> What's going to be interesting to see is like these guys that did the F3N stuff where they, this year, most of them chose maneuvers based on, and for their seven maneuvers for the, um, what do set, you call set, it? Set maneuvers. Set, set maneuvers. Mm-hmm. They chose maneuvers by what they could do. Yep. Not the maneuvers that they had trained to do to make the flight better or whatever. You know what I mean? They literally looked at the sheet and said, okay, I can do that and I can do that. I might be able to do that. Yes. And, that's how they chose their maneuvers. They didn't choose them based on how they're going to get the highest scores in the competition. Mm, there was a little bit. I, I saw I saw a little bit from John and Jay and the others. They chose a little bit of maneuvers that were harder for them. Uh-huh. I did. Um, I chose higher K class uh, K K factor uh, maneuvers. I know that I could do them, but they'll be challenging. Right. But some of them got wiped out by zeros. Right, but to my point is going to be is, what are they going to do next year when they show up? Because I think a couple of these guys are coming back. If I hold the competition again, I, I think they'd be interested to come back. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, I think they'd be interested to come back. I think the bigger thing I'm thinking about right now is how do I do a mini version of this? How do I do a mini version of this at a fun fly that's unsanctioned but mini version? Something that would take like a couple hours instead of a day and a half or two days. Yeah. Because, you know, my thought is to do like a mini version of F3N would be, you know, four set maneuvers and then a flight to music. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I think we definitely have some repeats, some some guys. Isn't Urch doing something like that? Mm, no. They, they, they didn't go through on it? No. Okay. No, in order for that to happen means someone's going to have to own it and run it from, from cradle to grave. And, uh, you know, Urcha Board's busy group of folks. Yeah. Uh, Mike Unger is a busy guy. He's our, he's our CD for Heli Nationals. Yeah. I um, just got a message from him. He's not competing this year. Damn it. Can't crush him this year. <laughs> so it, uh, it looks like it's just Pete Bisbal and I for advanced. I, I, Pete, 
beat Visible, yeah. I, I hope he's uh able to come with his uh family member passing. Yeah. Hope he's doing alright. To your point, Rick, yeah, the I think there's a few guys addicted who are gonna want to come back. Judging is hard, but once you start getting an eye for judging, uh you can start judging your own stuff better as to how you're weak. Yeah, that's sadly true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, after my last roll, I'm turning around I was like, okay, zero, that was fun. <laughs> um and also for guys who actually ask for feedback, you can give them feedback on what they were weak at in freestyle. Cause I know there's, there's a few guys who will ask me, they'll do a freestyle fight in front of me and they go, how can I make this better? Um, cause I've made it a point not to offer it cause it comes across badly. <laughs> yeah. I've noticed that with you. <laughs> not that it comes across badly, but that you don't just offer it up automatically. I don't offer it up because Hey man, great flight. Um, yeah, everything sucked. <laughs> oh, I've heard that. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes there's a heavier critical eye involved. Like for me, I look at it pretty critically and I think because I know, I think I know what it's supposed to be. Yeah. Um, especially sportsmen. And, um, I think, and I'm getting better, I think, at noticing that. But like when you guys are flying and I'm looking at, you know, I don't, I think I'm going to maneuver off the top of my head, but like you're, what is it? The, the, um, stall turn with, uh, the flip back or what is that maneuver oh, called? Are you talking the, about the pushover? Um, yeah, the well, not the pushover, but the one where it's you a stall with pull back recovery. Pull back recovery. So when you go up and you do the maneuver, and I'm trying to look at it or judge it or see what you've done to do it, um, I'm I, I don't know like that that pullback. How far is it supposed to be? It's not in the. It's not on the sheet. It's not. No. And I, so how. It's it's, to, it's one of those things I actually have to teach you guys because I've had to learn it from the FAI judges when they go, Monty, that was a great stall turn. It was a great pullback, but it wasn't square. And that's where it comes into it. doesn't really – the size doesn't really matter. It's how centered it is. Mm, we're talking about pullback recovery, yeah, Shaggy. Yes, yes. I'm, t- I'm talking about that. So you start off center on you're off center on both sides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, but but the thing is, like, it's got to be centered. Like when you are flat and level, the maneuver that's got to yes. be centered with gotcha. you. Yes. Gotcha. Before you go up on the other side, so the length of it doesn't really matter as much as how centered it is to you and the judges. Being centered is important, Shaggy. Yes, that's what I'm saying. However, if yeah. you if you climb a hundred feet in your stall turn, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then on um, pullback, you only pull back twenty feet. They will they will kill you on the fact that the maneuver is not sized properly. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of where I was going. How far is that pullback supposed to be? Like, it looks really cool when it's really wide. It looks on top of itself when it's not. Correct. It doesn't look right, and it's not pretty. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? You got to make it flow. It's not about the flow, Shaggy. <laughs> well, I mean, um, you got all that momentum because of the height you've got. You know, if you just do a whoop and down, you know, it's kind of wasting it. But there's there's a point where when you when you do this, the first stall and then you do the pullback and you've got that little bit of dip in the pullback and then you go into the other stall, there's a certain look that that – if you've never seen that and you're just looking at it on the sheet. Yeah. Um, to guys who have never seen it, that's going to look freaking awesome. 
whether it's done good or bad, because it's a cool looking maneuver in the air. It is a cool looking maneuver in the air. You know, um, and the 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 problem I run into is if you pull up in your first stall too late, that means you have to lose a lot of altitude on the pullback in order to make it square and pull and and, and fly backwards the same distance as you flew forward. Right. And then that still allows you to get that stall, that second stall turning, which works really well. Yeah. So I was easy for me to make the stall turn centered and square in advance. The stall with pullback recovery. Right. In an expert, I am killing myself on the stall with pullback recovery because an expert, you don't get to fly a small half circle. It is actually a straight pullback with no altitude loss to the other stall point. Interesting, and because the, the, the manual, not the manual, but the paper looks like there's a small dip in it. For advanced, the shaggy flute, yes. For oh. an expert that is flown, for the expert that I fly, there is not. Hmm. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Your, your, yours is flat, an, an expert, right? Yep. Um, yeah, mine has to be flat, which runs into... Uh, when I complete, when the stall turns complete, I have to gank the collective and pull the model straight back. And while pulling the model back, I then have to start rotating on elevator while simultaneously working the collective so as to not let the model fall or climb. And as I come across center, the model has to be flat. And as I start leaving center, I have to start, you know, you're, you're still in your elevator. You're still, it's a, it's a, um, it's a pushed elevator command. I'm still pushed on elevator, but then I have to start sucking the model back with negative because the model won't continue without it. And so you have to get into the, you have to get into it to suck it back, but the model will only pull and suck so far. <laughs> And, and keep flat, you know, for me, as I learn the maneuver. And that's where the judges are absolutely just killing me on the squareness of the maneuver. Cause I'll do, I'll pull up into an, an epic ass stall turn. And then all of a sudden I realize I've traveled up like 60 or 70 feet. I can't suck the model back 60 or 70 feet. Right. And they don't actually give a minimum, but when you realize like Shaggy's is a half loop. Then you start realizing that he's not allowed to have a really big flat section. <laughs> right, right. So the only way he can make a really big flat section is to space the maneuver out by doing a really big half loop. So, yeah, it's it's one of those things where I realize when I fly my own competition or if I fly Eaton's competition, I'm not going to get a ton of critical feedback to tell me how I can improve. I know yeah, it. You're the expert. I'm the expert. <laughs> you're the expert. Yeah. I mean, there isn't any of us that are going to give you real critical feedback because you're you're the most senior guy there. You've done it the most. Mm-hmm. But when you get to these other contests that you're talking about, you're us. Yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're th- There are people there with more experience than you at that point. You're no longer the expert that the other guys are focusing on. And or that you're not, you know, that you're focusing on, right? We're not all focused on you. You get to focus on somebody else. Correct. And that's, agree, agree. And that's yeah. personally one of the reasons why I haven't, 
I haven't tried to jump really fast into the F3C class mm-hmm. and have just worked my way through the AMA classes so that I can still get that feedback um, during right. the competition. Not during the competition, but during the event. Mm-hmm. Um, because if I'm sitting there flying F3C with uh, you know Nick Maxwell, uh, Dwight, and Mike Goza, and Tim DePerry, um, I'm not going to get the feedback. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Knob and Gordy, they're not, they're not going to give me the feedback. You know, after the competition's done or before the competition started, I can get some of that feedback. But it's not a big reason why I make a race to F3C is I don't have a lot of feedback. I don't have a lot of that feedback during the week. Um, you know, I've got Ben's feedback, which is invaluable. Um, but that's, it's, it's, it, that is, that is one person and his feedback is invaluable, but it's great to have. Oh, yeah. Two, three, four people go. You know, they all go, that looked great. And then they'll tell you, like, like I only walked off the line. That's how I know I'm having a squareness issue with the, with the stall with pullback recovery is Cliff Hyatt. I walked off the line. He goes, he did, he's like, all of it looks great, except it's not square. I'm like, crap. <laughs> <laughs> And so now it's a battle of, you know, it's going with less speed in order to reduce the height on stall so that I can pull back, recover the maneuver and keep it square. And it's practicing that. And I can tell you right now, I've been practicing it like shit. <laughs> <laughs> Not as little as I've been doing. Uh, I, I, we might be competing for who's practicing less, uh, <laughs> Rick. <laughs> I don't know. You know what's funny you is... You have to actually show up at the field to be able to practice. Yeah. I'm at the field and I did <laughs> practice. And you know what's funny is I kind of want to put the headphones down and go out there before the sun goes down and do another flight. I, I, yeah. I, I, I don't know. It's sun's a, down, man. <laughs> well, it's just that last that last flight I did was... I, I, I screwed up a lot. And I, and I was like, I want to work on those. I want to work on those right now. And this whole time I'm sitting here, this, for the past two and a half hours, I've literally been rocking in this chair. I was like, I want to practice those. 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 Well, let's, let's finish this story and we can get into the things we want to do. Um, so, yeah, judging's tough, but a, a big thing from my end is, is, is get the guys, get them some positive feedback of things they can improve and, and let them have a fun time. Yes. So, one piece of uh, criticism and one piece of, uh, uh, of feedback. Yep. And uh, it was it was really great to see Rodney. Uh, you know, he responded back to me personally on on Facebook and and thanked me. And I'm uh, you know I, I from my point you know I don't I don't I don't run these contests so I can get better or I can win my own award. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's really it comes down for me to. I, I would love to see more people in competition. That's my selfish part. I would love to see more people in competition because when it's all said and done and you've flown at the end of the day and you go, did I drill a hole in the sky? Did I have fun? What did I do? You know, I just like competition is that, is that driving force that goes, I want to learn more. It helps me learn the model. Did you make a difference today? Yeah. It, it helps me learn the model and it helps me learn how to fly better. And I think uh, I think you achieved that this past weekend. I do. Um, you know, there's there's some guys who definitely had some fun. They learned some, and they learned some and had fun, and and that's what counts in the end. And 
and you know the, the camaraderie was actually quite awesome. The hooligans brought their style. Yes, they're out there hooting and hollering Dude, for freestyle rounds. They, well, <laughs> even even not even just for freestyle rounds, but even for like for for sportsman class, uh, they weren't. You know, some of the hooligans weren't doing that. But they were just like when a guy would land, like yeah, and they start clapping and, and, and applauding. Well, yeah, they definitely were. And you know yeah. that it, it could be the boringest flight on the planet, but they'll still give you that 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 praise and excitement. You know, they'll they'll they'll, they'll give you that uh, enthusiasm. You know, they'll just they'll really get you pumped. Like yeah, that that was okay. Thank you. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> that was awesome. I mean, they're sitting there. It's a roll and a loop. Well, for me, it's a loop and almost a roll. And the stowers loop and roll. They would sit, but, they would sit there. Sours. They would, Dang it. Sorry. <laughs> they would definitely, you know, good flight, great flight. And you're like, did you just see that roll? <laughs> did you, did you just see that? No. And then of course, what, what did John say? He said that was, uh, um, oh no, he, he called, called roll. You did that. And then he says, uh, my, uh, he said complete my mistake, uh, transition to a quarter pure flip. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, and 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 what I would say, Rick, is that um, in that camaraderie, the guys will more closely see what's challenging us. Oh yeah. And so, you know, the the good flight is is not just a gesture of, you know, good flight. It's it's like, dude, yeah, I I know what's challenging you because I I got to sit back here and judge, or I've been watching your day and you can see the scores move around and go, dude, you're doing it. Um, and so it's, it's just a little more than, than the, you know, good flight. I guess, you know, it comes, to, uh, the last part is just really finishing it up. We got, we got our last rounds in and I got the last scores in and, and guys are milling about. It's really, it's just time to hand out the awards and get the competition over. Everyone can, can laugh and everything. Um, yeah, that's, that's a big thing is. Is doing that, you know, something I, I talked briefly about in the Facebook post has been a bit of a tradition for the event is uh, usually the dinner. And, um, you know, in the last year I've taken up uh, cooking sous vide. So, yeah, everyone got to try out uh, ribs on Saturday and chicken on Friday. Awesome. awesome. <laughs> um, I'm surprised how much gas I went through this weekend running the generator. <laughs> <laughs> and they're fairly efficient. Yeah, um, yeah. Keeping water up to 165 degrees to cook uh, ribs for um, like 24 hours was intensive. <laughs> it was worth it. It was worth it. Um, I don't think I'll be doing 24-hour ribs, but I'll probably uh, be doing steaks. But um, I just get the last part of really this is. You know, for myself and Shaggy and possibly for, for Rick, uh, we're within three weeks of Nationals. Yeah. So, what are we prepping to do? What, what, what are we planning in order to prep to, to make this, uh, you know, to go to Nationals? Good gosh. So many things. <laughs> <laughs> First, I got to decide whether I'm actually going to go. And I hope so. I, I'm, I'm seriously thinking about it. If I do, I was thinking about it this morning. I'm thinking I might be able to get in, you know, three flights in the morning before work and three three flights after work, um, getting six flights a day, three or four times a week, and then as many as I can on the weekend. I don't know if it's going to be enough to get better before, you know, I mean, in just three weeks. 
you know, I don't have anybody else down here to fly with to critique me. Um, I am going to enlist Pudu if I decide to, to have him help me. Cause you know, I'm, I'm, I'm flying away better, you know, but yeah. you know, some of these maneuvers really are in my head, like roll. Um, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, you get a maneuver that you know you can do and then your rolls always look like, they just look like crap. And every time I do that maneuver in front of anybody, I'm talking about a simple damn ass roll. Make the helicopter go around in a freaking circle. I'm not talking about getting it in front of myself, you know, getting it in entry speed ride, exiting and exit, you know, the same, all that crap. None of that shit. Just make the helicopter come around in a freaking circle and look like a damn roll. I have, I, I don't know why, but every time I get in front of anybody, my rolls look like something else. And yeah, you're, you're, um, your oxy got some battle scars due to that lube roll. Well, the oxy, I walked right through and did three continuous rolls. It was the freaking backward tumbles that got away from me. Mm, oh, okay. Um, that I put it in on. I was doing, the rolls were fine, but that's the thing. I sat out there with the oxy and I go, everything's done with. I'm like, I know I can do a damn roll. And you're doing it. And you go out there it. and do a stationary roll. And then do three stationary rolls in a row. Then I tried three or four stationary tumbles and, you know, shit happens. That's it's an oxy. It's an oxy, and it's a new main gear for the oxy, right? So Monty's gone through all my main gears. <laughs> yeah, I buy them six at a time. Because <laughs> because if I fly the oxy, I'm putting a new main gear in it. Yeah, it's just the way it is, and because uh, I try stupid stuff, you know, six feet, eight feet off the That's ground. That's the heli to do it with. It is. It absolutely is. It's a blast, and. uh it's so inexpensive. Do it with your protos. Oh, you're going to cry. Yeah. Well, I cried at my rolls when they were 60 feet in the air. And I didn't even hit the ground. So. As some could tell through this recording, uh, Rick has gotten frustrated and hearing his voice. <laughs> I'm not frustrated. I'm just, um, what I'm saying is if I'm really serious about Nats, I've got to get serious about cleaning up some stuff. And, uh, you know. I would agree. I mean, I'm, even myself, I mean, your feedback was, 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 was critical on those things, and you can see where I, I do things uh, poorly. Um, but I, I would say, you know, one of the things is, yeah, people can help you on the hovering. They'll put you on flags. Mm-hmm. But with that being only three of eight maneuvers, yeah, um, it's easy to go out there and practice the patterns, and, and, and you know when they're centered up well on yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Which I never do also, right? So, because... <laughs> Well, some of this is a comfort thing for you, right? If you're not, if you're used to always flying off your left hand side, just because that's what you've always done. Now all of a sudden you've got to put the model in front of you. Your loop has got to start and end in front of you. Your roll, you got to be upside down in front of you. If you haven't done that, it's a little bit intimidating, right? It is. So, and you have to practice those things because when you get in front of, you know, if you really want to win, if you really want to be competitive, it's going to take the practice, and you have to do those things. We can talk around and, and talk about the fun that we had last weekend, which it was freaking awesome. We all had a great time. But realistically, if you're in front of five or six guys that are all serious about it, none of us would have been winning. And I'm talking about in sportsmen. Yeah. Right? You, you would be surprised. I, I think the big part that, that to, 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 to more closely follow is, like, I came off the line one day – in sportsman during Nats, and uh, the wind had changed, and I had to go to my weak side to do approach to hover. And mm-hmm. the judges complimented me that you're like, I like the way you 
actually went over there and did it, and I could see it was challenging you, but you did it. You didn't avoid it. It was more challenging. <laughs> but the model looked better. Yeah, and, and then what did I do this weekend when the wind was coming from that direction? I did it to my strong side. Model came in at 900 miles an hour. I could hardly stop it at the bottom. And, you know, that's, some, you that's know? something that John actually noticed. He And he yeah. pointed out. It's like, I've noticed that all of you guys come in left or right to left when the wind is going the same direction. So, all you guys' strong sides are left to right or right to left. Yeah. And none of us had the balls to turn the model around to come in from the other direction. Mainly me because I haven't practiced it from that direction at all. Agree. But you would be surprised how many guys are sitting at Nats doing it on their only on their strong side and getting the score from it. Yeah. I get your point. I think my point, though, is if you're going to be serious about it, if you're going to be serious, if you want to win, if you don't just want to show up, but if you want to win, then you have to put the time in. You do. And if you're not willing to put the time in, um, seriously, and that's where my head's at right this minute is I know my roles are shit. I got to get them out of my head. I know I've got to fly farther out. I know I've got to get every single maneuver I do centered. I know my stall turns have got to be straight up and down. I can't push out at the bottom. I know what it's got to look like. If I show up in Nats at four weeks or three and a half weeks, sh- flying like I did last weekend, I'm just going to be disappointed. Yeah. In myself. Because I'm going to someplace where I'm expected to be able to do what I'm trying to do, at least reasonably well. Yeah. And if I take what I did yesterday or Saturday to Nats, I'm going to get lower scores, but the disappointment I'm going to have in myself because of the fact that I want to do better and I'm competing. I'm not out Sunday flying. I'm not out with my buddies laughing our asses off, having a good time, sports flying or trying something I've never tried and putting in there, whatever that is. I'm competing. I'm expecting myself to do something in a specific way. And if I don't want to compete, then I don't have to show up. But if I'm going to show up, I want to be competitive. That's a good attitude to be at right now. You know, you know, so I've got to put the practice in. I have to go to the field more than I've been going, and I have to put the practice in if I'm going to be competitive. If you're not going to be competitive and just want to show up, great, but that's not where I want to be. So, you know. I I agree with you. Um, I'll I'll say these two things. One is uh, there's people who show up, and they're not all that competitive, and they have fun at naps. Another thing that, you know, not everyone knows in your own personal story, I learned uh, just there Dragonflies. Uh, Rick uh, is 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 a really good um, what is what it would be called uh, an archer. I um, was. I'm not anymore. <laughs> not yeah. You were you were very competitive into it, and that competitive spirit doesn't leave a person. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I yeah, I was very competitive to the point of trying out for the Olympics in '84, and you know, I told you the story. A night of partying pissed me off. I haven't had a beer since 1984. Yeah, um, and. <sighs> That doesn't, that, that certainly plays into my competitive. Everything I do when I, the reason I show up last Saturday and last year to compete is because everything I play with, I like to compete at some level. We raced sailboats with my daughters for years while I wasn't flying helicopters. Mm-hmm. We raced. We raced competitive, cat. we raced catamarans. We didn't get out with their mall halls. We raced catamarans because we wanted to go as fast as we could on the water. <laughs> you know, um, helicopters, are very challenging and they're all personal. Yeah. The guys can haggle you all they want and we can have a great time and we do. 
But when it comes down to it, I have to do the loop. I have to do the roll. I have to do the stall turn. I have to get that damn thing turned 90 degrees, you know, in the, in the upside down triangle. I, you know what I mean? It's, it's me against the model. It's like playing golf, right? It's never going to be perfect. And it's you against the ball. I don't care who you're playing with, what teams you're on. It's you and the ball. Helicopters, it's you and the helicopter. And if I want to go to Nats and I want to really be serious and actually place, then I need to get some practice in. And I would say that um, without people there, even the aerobatic practice is very worthwhile. Cause, oh, yeah. Um, uh, the, the points the points show that, you know, aerobatics, you know, it's most of the points. Yeah. You know, Hovering, hovering, you need to be confident ahead. Um, but the, you know, depends upon the person. Sometimes the more time you spend hovering, the worse your score gets. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Let's not talk about my hovering scores, which I thought I did okay at, but I didn't. <laughs> um, you, you know, you'll just start finding that, like, I'm spending enough time here that the judges are going to get much more critical. It's just going to be worse. Right. Um, All right. Because yeah, I know for myself, I've been, I've probably been talking over with my wife, but. I might be heading to the field and do some night flying and start doing aerobatics, a lot of aerobatics practice. Friends have got me on the flags. I'm not, I, I don't miss them as badly, but so if I'm going to go to the field, do some night flying, try and get like six flights in a night. And then if I stay the night, perhaps I'll charge the batteries, wake up and get a, a get a three flights in the morning. Yeah. That's kind of what I'm thinking. I can get three flights in the morning if I charge at night and then, you know, charge while I'm at work during the day and get three flights, you know, in the evening. Yeah. Because I've got three sets of packs for my Protos. So if I'm going to fly the Protos, I can get those in. I don't really have time to build and set up a whole new model. I just need to finish setting this one up, make it fly right. And, yep. Yep. You know, fly what I've got. And that's one of the reasons why I'm talking about night flying is because I still do aerobatics at night. The model doesn't quite feel the same, but if you can make it, if you can, if you can make a model consistent, you can pick up almost any model and go win with it, as long as you're consistent and know how to control it. Well, I mean, you and I have talked about models a lot and set up a lot. And every time we talk, it's like I go back and I go, I'm going to be baby Monty. I'm going to set it up like this. <laughs> and you know what? It's it's not a – and then I sit down to do it. I end up going out on Sundays and flying, you know, and meeting my buddies and doing – you know what I mean? And it's – Really, I've got the models. I don't need anything else. I just got to go get it set up properly for hovering, properly for doing, um, you know, my big air stuff or the air maneuvers. It's two setups. <laughs> it is. It's two freaking setups. Quit playing with the shit. Do the setup. Dude, I changed my setup all up Saturday morning. I saw hovering that. felt like I was like, what the hell did you just do? Do you think right? it felt better or worse for you? Oh, it definitely felt better by the end, but I'm, I definitely like the resolution of going to, um, hovering at zero. Yeah. Now keep in mind, every model we set up in 94 was set up that way. Yes. <laughs> right. Yeah. So the, the concept of that is not new to me, but when you're used to setting up 3D models for yourself and other people and everything is zero pitch and you're, you know, and you are, I see center, zero at center and you're used to hovering at 75% stick. And everything's equal. Now, when I've got four or five degrees in the bottom, I'm ho I'm hovering at mid stick. Now, remember, so now you're at five degrees, six degrees at mid stick. I'm only going to ten on top, nine and a half. 
that's all you need, or if that much, right? So I was able to stop the model, do everything I needed to do at 10 degrees. We used to not be able to have models that had more than nine degrees of positive pitch. True. Yeah. If you go back and look at some old models, and they won't let you actually get that much pitch. Yeah. Pick up an Excel 60 and see if you can get that much pitch out of it. Yeah. Not without, not, not without uh, killing your bottom end negative. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it is, it's, 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 it's a trade-off. Hell, we've got so much space on 13, 14, 15 degrees of pitch, bottom and top. You have no resolution. You know what I mean? It's, I say you don't have any, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, it's, it's way more precise. It's hard to, you know, when, when, when like a millimeter of movement on your, on your collective equals like, Two degrees of pitch change on the model. Right. And, that, and what that means in the air is a two foot jump, right? Yeah. A one foot jump. It does. So, but if you're used to your sticks being that way, and then all of a sudden Saturday morning, I'm like, I'm going to put this to zero. I'm going to freaking hover this damn thing. And I did. And I went out there. I was like, Oh, damn, this feels weird. You know, it's funny. I, I agree with you. Uh, it reminds me of the point that, um, uh, you know, some people are like, I'm not changing anything in a contest. If it's a problem, it's a problem. I'll deal with it after the contest. I'm of the opinion of, if you're doing no damn good, change it. <laughs> well, if, if I, it, you know, I didn't change it. I mean, I changed it in the beginning. Yeah. I didn't change it the rest of the day. I left yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Because I'm like, it's exactly what it is. I knew what it was going to look like the way I had it. Yep. I'm not going to do any worse. <laughs> you know what I mean? In other words, I'm not going to do any worse. Can't get worse from here. I can't get worse from here. Now, yeah. I added a buttload of Expo in trying to smooth it. And I, that was night, dude, I turned that shit off as soon as I turned it on. <laughs> you know, I mean, I was like, I, I've changed the stick over here. Hey, let's just add some Expo. Let's slow this model the shit down. And, yeah. and I didn't do it with dual rates though, which is what I've got to do. But I was like, I'll just add some Expo. That'll numb it down around center, man. When that model doesn't, I'll be able to move the shit out of that stick and not have it move. Problem is when it moves, you got to move the shit out of the stick to move it back. <laughs> and I wasn't, you know what I mean? I'm like, uh, pull, pull back, back, back. Shit. I'm already two feet out of the line, off the line. That yeah. no, I can't do that. Right. So, you know, just put it back in. I just set one bank up that way. That is what I'll be doing this weekend. Um, if I talk to my wife and we decide it's okay for me to go to Nats and I do want to make get serious about it, then I'm going to get spend Saturday getting the model set up in two flight modes and I'm going to leave it the hell alone and I'm just going to fly it. And, um, cause I don't, there's no time to play. There's well, no time to change everything up every week. And I'm not sure. talking about a little bit. I'm talking about a lot. I can't change. Yeah. 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 I can't change. Yeah. You know what I mean? In other words, I've got to set the model up so that it is what it is. And if I need to add a degree of pitch on the bottom or, it, you know what I mean? Or something, or I'm going to play with those expo numbers a little bit, but certainly play with the dual rate numbers. Um, I fly brain, so they don't call it dual rate, but you know what I mean? Um, when I, as I play with those numbers and get it numb down in a hover, but I feel in control because it's really easy with Expo. This is what I mean. As soon as I flipped the switch, I felt so disconnected that I was like, where's the model going? Oh, shit. You know what I mean? Um, and Expo has that tendency if you add a lot, a lot of Expo versus, you know, Expo and dual rate to with it. So, yeah, because I can tell you with my model, my model is set up like, um, for brain, it, what it looks like is uh, beginner mode on the actual my, my CGY 750 on the heli. It's like I have my rate set to beginner mode. I'm down to like 30 degrees a second. I have a 100% rate on the radio. 
And then, um, but it's a hundred percent of 30 degrees a second. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. The model don't flip. Uh, and then it's just, uh, adjust the expo to feel, adjust it to taste, salt to taste. <laughs> right. Well, that's, you know, I remember right now, Saturday I was flying my protos and I think it's 240 a second. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, um, Nope. And, and, you know, and Tyson kept talking about, man, you look jumpy out there. You look like you're not comfortable with the model. I'm like, well, it's jumping all over the damn place. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just, it's because it's, the rates are too high. I'm not doing TikToks. I'm doing loops and I'm almost doing a roll. And well, I'm not going to back that up. <laughs> There's a roll partially in there somewhere. Yeah. But, um, you know what I mean? It's, it, you're not, the model doesn't have to be set up to roll really fast or really slow. It just needs to get around so that you're comfortable and it happens so that you can make it in front of you. There's nothing that says it has to be a slow roll. There's nothing that says it has to be a fast roll, but it needs to get around in a comfortable way. And I need to get around in front of me. I need to be upside down when it's right in front. It's once I get a roll rate that I feel comfortable with and I can get it around. It's all I need. Yeah. Right. And I got another switch that I can use to slow it down in a hover and take even more out of it. So if that means it's 120 feet a second rotation, which we all know those numbers are just numbers, but well, I say that, but nobody's getting 350 feet a second at rotation out of a helicopter. How much? And 350 feet a second, which is, you know, not, 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 in two, not in a two blade 700, but I can set it at that. You can. Well, and that's the fun thing about the difference between like a brain and a CGY is your off center speed and your brain is, is very much controlled by that, uh, it is. that, 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 that whole rate you're playing with. Mm-hmm. Um, the CGY gives a setting to control the off center separately of the continuous rate. So. Right. Well, with, with us, you know, we're, I mean, with brain, we're setting it, we're, we're doing it with, um, you know, the rotational speed. Yep. And there'll be somebody maybe pipes and tells me a better way to do it, but mm. rotational speed is where you're getting your dual rate from. Um, at least the way I've always done it. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 No, the rotational speed is basically your dual rate. That's how you do it in your controller. Mm-hmm. Um, All right. and, and that's a good spot. The, the problem guys run into is a lot of guys want really, really fast off center speed. And, mm-hmm. um, so you see guys driving numbers up beyond 300 degrees a second, seven hundreds of brains. Because they went really, really fast off center speeds, but in 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 F three C style flying, we're not looking for a really fast off center speed. We're looking for controlled off center speeds. <laughs> Turn that three hundred right. down to thirty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, move the stick well, now. Oh my gosh! <laughs> move. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah with eighty five percent expo, right? No, I'm at thirty <laughs> degrees a second of of flip and roll. With forty percent of negative expo on a hundred percent dual rate radio. Um, the interesting thing is, I actually slowed down the stock off center or the default off center rate in the CGY. I actually slow it down, um, but I have it's controlled separately for aileron and elevator, so the elevator still uh, by the numbers is quicker. So that the two are equal. Right. I think myself, I, you know, I, I know what I, I know what I'm going to do for some practice to to get those last three weeks in. Um, besides building a new model, Diablo, and um, I think Shaggy. It sounds like he's got pretty much the same thing going on. Yep, 
practicing, but also I got to get a camper ready and stuff like that. And also, I need to get that other E7 SE going so it would be a backup model. I need... Uh, just do just do what I did the one year and bring you the parts model. <laughs> I did that last year, though. I want to fly it this year. Yeah. Um, I, I, I just don't want to be taking a whole helicopter just for a possible parts. I'd rather just get it flying. Because I don't want to lug yeah. another airframe just for parts. Yeah. I mean, all I have to do is set up the gyro and 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 that's basically it. Which is basically copying the other settings over. I just need a little bit of help mm-hmm. with that. Mm-hmm. And done. Yep. Also, I got to get my Goblin 500 fixed because I'm going to be... I need that for the Speed Cup because I'm going to be helping out with the Ultra Speed Cup again. And uh, competing in that. Uh, so I can use the fireball, but I want to use the 500. So that's, yeah. And then, of course, somehow I got a basically. Uh, last thing I'll get it. I'm not going to go far into it, but, uh, yeah, if you see me at the field and I look like I'm boiling my food, it's something called sous vide. It's S O U S. First word, second word is V I D E sous vide. I'm not boiling my food. Um, slow boiling. I'd say if you're interested, come talk to me. Uh, I, uh, I'll probably have a propane, uh, propane tank nearby to torch the food. <laughs> I have one, but I haven't used it yet. Yeah, you're crazy. I just actually broke a plate when I was gone for a moment. I was, uh, I was, I was, uh, torching some pork, uh, pork chops and uh, the, the plate cracked. <laughs> was it the same plate that you used or was it a different one? Wasn't it was a different plate. It was, was it ceramic. Uh, yeah, it is. Problem was, it's sitting on a hot stove top, and then I was adding heat to the top. It was just too much. Oh, there's your problem. Yeah. Two different offsets of heat. Mm, use paper plates. They don't crack. <laughs> they burn. The wax yeah, is just weird. Pick your pick your battle. I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> um, close out. Uh, check out the other great heli podcasts: Freefall RC, RC Heli Hooligans. Uh, BKRC, and I'll mention them last, Full Pitch RC. They have some great episodes, but they haven't recorded in a while. Uh, please comment on iTunes and Podbean. Help others find the show. Feel free to email us, please, if you have things you'd like to hear or hear us talk about or something like get into. Javier, I'm sorry I haven't responded to your email. I know it's there. I've read it, and uh, I did have something to respond, and hopefully I respond back before this episode gets out there. <laughs> he emailed Yes. Didn't hear about it. I know. I guess I will later. Yeah. Not bad. Good stuff. Cool. Um, He's going to be at Urch, by the way. I heard that. Upcoming events we are attending. AMA Heli Nationals. That is July 20th through the 23rd. The Urch at Jamboree, July 24th through the 28th. And uh, for those of you who listened back a few episodes, they still have the uh, Urcha Worlds going on. So that'll start during Nats and end during the Jamboree. Um, uh, and you'll see, you know, so a lot of the 3D flying we've been talking about this episode. And yeah, we get to see some fun stuff. Next event is the uh, Fall Heli Mowdown. It's September 27th through the 29th. And the last event, I well, it's not the last event, but Heli Extravaganza. October 9th through the 13th. Um, I'm looking to have fun with that event. The guys have uh, asked me to teach auto rotations and do a clinic. And there might be a t-shirt designed for it if you decide to enter this uh, auto rotation clinic slash competition. Oh, boy. 
competition. Oh, <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> he is just, it. in his mind, his draw, just competition, compete, <laughs> compete, competition. <laughs> I got to do my best. Uh, gotta, I got to win. Yeah. Compete competition. Oh, so, I will. I will say funny something. Funny is uh, at Dragonfly last Sunday. Uh, I was down there. Uh, Mark and I were doing our horse contest. He said, "I'm going to do a flipping auto," and I was like, "Hell yeah!" And he starts the auto, and I'm waiting for him to pull back on elevator. Nah, he pushed forward. That model stopped. <laughs> that was epic. Oh, damn. <laughs> that was epic. Um, bail that out. Bail out. Bail out. Oh, that shit. event was a lot of fun. We ended up. We ended up. Uh, we ended up doing a lot of talking Saturday evening after we uh, were dodging the rain, but we had a great day flying Sunday. Um, yeah, Hell Extravaganza is the, is the last event. Uh, an event I am adding to the calendar is in October. The Goldsboro groupers, they've got their heli fun oh, fly, I believe, God, in October. You're right, you're right. I don't have the date, I'm looking, but... It's on it's Wayne, on Sean Wayne Miniature, Harrow, it Wayne Arrow. It, it, is, it is on their site. Um, October 19 through 20. There you go. That'll be fun. We want to try to get as many people there as they can, obviously. They're, they're mainly a bunch of airplane guys, and uh, we'd like to show them the helicopter guys can show up. Yeah, uh, I'll tell you this. Uh, the plane guys can talk smack. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, dude, they were, they were like in, in between rounds when we were just doing random 3D and stuff like that. I mean, they were like, Lawa! <laughs> oh, yeah. They were getting it, at it, it. it. These guys are cool. What you guys, yeah, and what you didn't mention is they're all over 60. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It just reminds me of the the, the uh, Windwalkers guys, the guys that I used to, that I grew up flying with, uh, <laughs> you know, flying planes with. They, you know, they're all plane guys, but they do that stuff to other guys that fly planes and stuff like that. And it, it's it's just funny. They're really funny guys. Yeah, they're a group. Good, they're a good group of guys, and it'd be nice to have a showing down there to show them that you know they can hold an event for us and. Uh will show up. Yeah, they're, they're the kind of guys that they don't care what you fly. You're, you're a part of the family if you show up. Yep. Yep, just show up. Bring what you bring. They are not yeah. they are they are not classified as dirty old plankers at all. Yeah. Or grumpy old plankers. That's what it is. Grumpy old plankers. Yeah, there you go. They're not that way. No. No, they weren't grumpy. They're <laughs> a fun bunch of <laughs> 98 guys. 98 degrees and they have smiles on their faces. Yeah, and they were all there too. A bunch of them showed up. Very polite. Yeah, just replace your divots. Dabits, divots. What do they call it in golf? <laughs> divots. Divots. <laughs> I say that just because that golf, that plane is like a golf course. That oh that yes, gorgeous. Runway smooth. Some sliding around going on, and they yep. wouldn't. A lot of fields you can't do that. Did the fireball with that just slid it around? Yeah, you did. Saturday, October 26th and 27th is the Triple Creek RC Heli Fall Classic in Riverview, Florida. It's funny. If you look at the picture, he actually does it because that place is butted up against a wildlife refuge and a small antenna farm. But there's like a 400-foot antenna. Knob actually centers the <laughs> the hovering circle on that antenna. So when you're hovering and your model is in line with a circle, you are center. Yeah. Yeah. That's the events. What else we got here? Oh, see the 2019 Heli calendar spreadsheet in Google Drive. The link is uh, sticking to the top of our Facebook page. Um, 
Eric, thanks for joining us this evening and uh, spending a bunch of time with us. <laughs> oh, man, thanks for having me. It's been a blast. It's been a lot of fun. Dude, Rick, Rick you were a you were so much fun on this show. You were just – and your audio is amazing. <laughs> You've got equipment for it. Uh, well, it's – I don't know. Uh, you guys, I had fun. And I tell you what, Monty, you guys, thanks for this weekend and thanks for what you're doing, supporting the hobby. Those of us that just like to show up at events, I know some of us don't fly a lot and stuff. We just show up to have a good time with our friends. And, um, you know, I, I enjoyed this event last year and I really enjoyed it this year. Um, just the crowd that we had. And, you know, it's a small group and you make it a lot of fun and make it very instructional. And, um, that's, that's, it's a lot of fun for me. So I really do appreciate it. I know everybody else there would, would say the same. Yes. I yeah. Agree. You did it. Yes, really that's job. the feedback. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you very much. I mean, that that uh, the yeah. feedback goes a long way. And when uh, you're done, tired, sweaty, and and guys keep screaming out, "I want to contest this!" <laughs> oh, jeez, Tyson. <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, uh, he isn't really. He likes to joke, but um, and he likes to keep on. You're not yeah. talking about Tyson, are you? Oh yeah, oh, no, Tyson. No. <laughs> Uh, no, it's Bella. No, it's uh, Bella. no, I gotta, I gotta thank everyone for showing up and, and giving their hand at it. Cause, um, yeah, it, it is a challenge. It, 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 you gotta, you gotta, you're stepping up, you're stepping up to the plate, you step on the plate, give you a bat time to swing at the ball. Uh, stop standing in the back going, I, I can fly better. You gotta get out on that plate and swing at the ball. So now, um, you know, thank you. Thank you. Uh, all the guys who were at the event this last weekend and did everything helped out and, Thank you to Joe for getting me awards, and uh, you know <laughs> I look forward to doing it again. Uh, I look forward to doing it down there again, and uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully we were uh, good, good uh, guests on their field. <laughs> yeah, I think they'll they think they uh, uh, learned to talk. Jesus Christ, <laughs> I do believe they will think we were. Yeah, my only pet peeve is with a three and a half hour drive. From a 20-minute drive to a three-and-a-half-hour drive. Thank you, Monty. But hey, hey. Oh, well, you know what? It went the opposite way for me. I went from a four-hour drive to an hour drive. Yeah, <laughs> it did. So bite me. <laughs> you know what, Shaggy? Shaggy, get in the car and go with me to Florida. Uh-oh, no. <laughs> hey, dude, I'm, I'm three hours closer on that one, too. <laughs> yeah, it is. I left at 8 a.m. from Virginia with ice on my windshield. I, I, I took a nap around 10 p.m. I arrived at my brother's house at like 11.30 p.m. In, oh. in, in south of Tampa, Florida. He's on the he's on the west coast of Florida. Uh, he lives south of Tampa. I arrived down there at like 11.30 p.m. Um, yeah. <laughs> it was a cruise. It was a cruise. It's uh, a cruise. So. I don't know. Dude, beautiful weather, Florida. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see. October is a few in months October. away. Yeah, October. Hey, thank you all listeners, and uh, you all have a great one. Hey, thanks, guys. I appreciate your time. Thank a lot you. Of fun. Yep. Dude, that was awesome. I hit a fire hydrant. Ha, ha, ha. I don't know how I did that. I don't know either. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode, as we enjoyed taking the time to make them. If you have any questions regarding the show, such as future topics, events, or anything else, you can send us an email at telerotor at gmail.com, 
or on Facebook, search Colorado. Thanks again, and we'll see you on the field.